ever present pursuit of entertainment, education, and some adjective to be named later. The Home Star Army proudly presents Trek West 5, a conglomerate podcast of science fiction, politics, humor, and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about. Trek West 5 is brought to you in part by RocketWebDesign.com, custom web design at template website prices. Designs by DD.blogspot.com, your online home for all your digital scrapbooking needs. Need a home along the Wasatch Front? Contact Lisa DeBagere with Kirkham and Friends Real Estate. No one will work harder for your home. And thehomestarmy.com, blogging to the world since 2004. Your hosts for Trek West 5 are Joey and Peter. Good evening and welcome to Podcast 151. I am Peter. And I am Joey. And um, I feel like I'm going to have a smooth, velvety voice tonight. <laughs> I've been coughing all week because I've been sick. Um, and so my I feel like my voice is a little manlier. And uh, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's going to be good. All right. Nice bluesy kind of tone coming from you there, Pete. A little bit, yeah. Um, anyway, we have someone who's joined with us uh, tonight, uh, but he's asked us not to recognize him or introduce him. Uh, at some point, I think he's going to just spring on us, uh, but he's si- he's just sitting over there. See if you can guess who I am. <laughs> uh, that's my friend John Madsen, uh, who coincidentally does a podcast called JR Watches Star Trek for the first time. That's true. I wanted to get an update from you because I hear you when you record your podcast from mm-hmm. time to time. Um, where are you at in the the seasons? So are you up to season five? Is that about right? Or? Season, we just finished season six of Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. So you're coming to the end. Almost done with Deep Space Nine. We are probably, uh, we're going to do, <laughs> um, I'm hoping for maybe like 10 episodes of Voyager. We might actually only do four <laughs> episodes of Voyager. Uh, and uh, yeah, then try a season of Enterprise to see how it works. But we're just, almost done with Deep Space Nine, which is weird. Yeah. It, someone just died. Spoiler. If you haven't seen Deep Space Nine. Someone, oh, yeah. Someone I, died. I think I know who dies. Yeah. Was it Worf? Yeah, <laughs> Worf died. He's dead. <laughs> Seems fitting. It's weird that he was in all those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't know where those happen in the chronology. There's no way to know. <laughs> There's no if way. Only they know. give us some kind of like internal dating system that we... <laughs> there is an internal dating system that I learned, um, trekkiesdating.com or something. <laughs> uh, it's an it's within the system. It, we, we actually discussed it, 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 it on our last podcast. <laughs> I think it's trekkiesdating.com. I'm thinking about... I'm, I'm actually seriously thinking about joining just so I can... Uh, spam a lot of people about podcasts that i do oh okay that would be interesting yeah i was certain you're gonna go with just so that you could you know ignore another whole class of women that might <laughs> potentially be interested in you <laughs> yeah there's that that's my way now john you missed out on an excellent opportunity while you were talking doing your little intro Joey was awkwardly like trying to reach around. I know. His I should have. I should have. <laughs> I wanted you to move that yeah. so badly, just so he could just get out there and just you keep talking and just move it. It, like, it was. To the very it was edge. a Mountain Dew. 
and I should have kicked it away like I was a, a cop, like there, like like you were a criminal reaching for the gun. I was like, no, we're not having that. You know, kick it away. So wait, where is the? Uh, he's moved. It's is on it, his side it's now. Safely it's, over it's, there. It's guarded okay. now. You're gonna have to go through me to get that. Uh, we'll see what I can do. Anyway, welcome back. We're always happy to have you here. Uh, he may be sticking around for the whole thing. Maybe not. Probably not. Uh, he'll be here for some portion of it. Some portion. Now, I'm glad that you mentioned Voyager because it's a good segue into uh, our listener, JD, who has he invited us onto his podcast, um, The Delta Quadrant. I think there's like another name for it. There's like the Trek something, Trek Buddies or... There- I don't understand. I'm ruining there, it. I'm he's, sorry, JD. He's part of a he's part of a network of Star Trek podcasts. I think it's called Trek Mate. Trek Mate, yes. Yeah. Right. You're you're right. Uh, anyway, I've downloaded like the most recent five episodes, and I've listened to half of one of them. And uh, I wanted to share this this little anecdote, this little story. I, you've listened to a few yourself, right? Yeah. They have this one guest on. And I guess it's his second time. And as he's explaining who he is, like he's saying, "Oh yeah, I've been I've been watching Trek since the '70s. I've watched all the movies. I I even liked the motion picture. You know, I, I'm a part of all of these various Trek groups, these get-togethers that go and do things. I'm actually an admiral in my particular, you know, <laughs> local chapter group." And he's going on and on and on. And I start thinking to myself, Good, this guy sounds like a weirdo. Like a, just a, a real crazy loony guy. And coming from Pete. <laughs> and he kept talking. And then I, I don't know if it was JD or the other guest mentioned that he was actually one of the editors on Memory Alpha. Hmm. And I suddenly had this realization. Oh, my gosh. I'm a fool for thinking like this, you know, because I love Trek, I love sci-fi, I love all that stuff, but I'm not as intense as he is. And so I just, you know, in in my, to make my world seem normal and safe, mm. I said, he's the weirdo. <laughs> but then I realized, we the world needs people like him, because I love Memory Alpha. I really enjoy that website. It's nice to be able to say, oh, what was that one really obscure thing in that one episode? And sure enough, I can go to Memory Alpha, I can find it, and it's there, and it's got you know a few paragraphs written mm-hmm. about it. Um, and so I, I had to repent of myself as I was listening to this and thinking, boy, I you know pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, I. I I feel really bad. I've never even met the guy. I've only listened to half of a podcast with him in it, and uh, I did not give him a fair shake. And I'm sure, like, if you took, like, some kind of normalcy test, <laughs> that he'd out-test you. Uh, yeah, well, I'm glad you bring that up, because I think we need to be wary of, like... Uh, I don't know. Being too judgmental of yeah. like ex- extremism in, in, especially in these kind of things, we can be judgmental in extremism that I don't know kills people. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, but as we've discussed, we can still respect the people, right, Joey? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> thing is, like, um, what I'm, kind of a pet peeve of mine is like, you know, say like everybody around the office gathers around to see, for example, 
a uh, someone who like choreographs their Christmas lights to music and they put it on the video and it's like you know da, 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 yeah. and, and the lights are going da, da, sure. and everybody watches it has a good laugh about it and then you know and they're like oh wow look at that that's that's crazy that's weird that's amazing and then walk away and half of them will say some people boy they have too much time on their hands like in doing that and like how hypocritical is that to actually enjoy that and then go back to their accounting job or whatever that no one sees that no one acknowledges <laughs> and and you know think you're better off for someone you know who actually just wanted to provide something to the world right you know what, john you're absolutely right we need more youtube videos of people doing accounting jobs <laughs> clearly <laughs> i, I subscribe to that channel <laughs> no we we do need them so that people will stop bad mouthing all the all, all the crazy fun stuff that people put on yeah, you, you you said it best. So we'll we'll just move on from there. Uh, JD, you know, thanks very much. He he did send an email this week because uh, I responded to him. Said, hey, yeah, we would love to do a podcast sometime. Um, he just said, you know, stick with the recent shows because I guess they've had a shakeup in their guests or in their uh, hosts recently. Some people left, and he's like, hey, yeah, it's you know, it's probably better towards the newer stuff. Okay. Um. Anyway, so um, he's thinking maybe we could be on the show at the the end of 2012 or something. You know, we should do like a mega podcast sometime with JD's podcast and JR and Trek (laughs) West 5. That would be interesting. I've been honestly thinking about that. I don't know. And and then he stops and thinks that means I have to let Joey on. (laughs) Well, the logistics of the thing might be, uh, (laughs) and, and the ultimate result both of them are going to be terrible. Would be terrible. I think in order to do it, we'd need to invade KSL Studios or or some radio studio to be able to you know truly do it justice. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, look for that uh, uh, police story to come over the airwaves sometime. <laughs> um, listener M Mark sent in an email saying, "Hail overlords! I love it when the podcast is over three hours." I just want to say. To everyone out there, I'm really sorry the podcast was three hours. We had a good time doing it. We really yes. enjoyed ourselves here. But two episodes? Three hours? <laughs> That's that crazy weird. even by our standards. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought Z- it was awesome. Zoe was fun. We yeah. uh, would love to have the guy back. And John, you know, you're you're always great too. But still, three hours. Awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> Three hours of awesome. <laughs> oh, by the way, I should mention, I am getting over the sickness. I still may accidentally cough, so we'll try and keep it out. But anyway, if I cough, sorry. Um, the conversation is always great, as well as the analysis. It's great to hear a discussion evolve and flow without having to break for time or commercials. The opening is not being sung in English. Okay. I don't know what this means. We I asked about, about the the language that the opening music sequence is sung in. So are, is oh. that English? Am I supposed to be able to get words out of that? Because I can't. I thought he was talking about our podcast. And I was no, like, no, no, no. no, Joey, I think, posted up one of our normal intro musics. <laughs> he didn't sneak something past Accidentally me. Accidentally ran it through Google Translate to some <laughs> to Bulgarian. <laughs> oh, that that would be funny. Um, he says, it, lo- it, is, it looks like a version of... Gayatri Mantra. And then he, he writes it out, what it is. The translation, We meditate upon the radiant, divine light of that adorable sun of spiritual consciousness. May it awaken our intuitional consciousness. 
Okay. Is it just me, or is it extra fun hearing Joey's aggravations? <laughs> he has a pretty it's good idea. <laughs> <laughs> he has a pretty good idea, assuming everyone is a Cylon. Then, as actual Cylons are revealed, it won't be as shocking as the Boomer Bot reveal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just assume everyone else is a Cylon. <laughs> Maybe we should have asked, who isn't a Cylon now, Joey? <laughs> that would be the smaller number to Actually, ask. Actually, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's do We'll let's, do that. Let's, let's, let's do, do that. Who's, who's not a Cylon? Yeah. Uh, just, just in, you know, in, in sharing how deeply now this whole people enjoying my discomfort goes... I actually was at Pete's office today and talking to uh, our friend Curtis, who's been on the podcast a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, Pete had been away from his desk, and I had started to ask Curtis a few questions. I'm like, look, Pete won't give me straight answers on some of this stuff. Will you just tell me what's going to happen here and what's going to go on with ah, this? Ah, cheater. Yeah. And he kept saying, well, I don't know. I don't know if I should tell you. I, I'm not sure if I want to answer that question. And then Pete came back, and, and the conversation continued. To the point where Curtis finally said, "You know what? That's it. I'm j- I'm just I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm enjoying way too much you not knowing what's coming next." <laughs> now, uh, some of the, our listeners may rec- uh, remember Annie, who's been on some of our uh, poetry podcasts, and also uh, she did a couple of Trek podcasts as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was talking to her last night at uh, was it last night the sometime this week at our work Christmas party because I work with Curtis. And she has been really enjoying Battlestar Galactica. So she and Curtis will probably make an appearance at some point. Would love to have them on um, because they're they're going to be great. But she and I came up with an idea that we kind of shared with you today, which was <laughs> there's a few episodes that are just sort of like, oh my gosh, did that really just happen? Um, and we wanted to maybe record you like do a video recording of you watching that episode just to get your reaction and then you know we'd use that on the podcast as well because there's going to be a couple of things that are kind of along the same lines as the boomer bot uh reveal you're talking about the um the boxing episode right (laughs) yes it's not called tko but they're (laughs) yeah i i know i don't like giving spoilers but there is a boxing episode i just want you to know okay Prepare yeah. for that. Yeah. Is it as good as TKO was? Uh, it's as good. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's see here. I uh, What do we want to do? Facebook find of the week next? Or do you have anything you want to bring up? John, do you want to bring up anything? Are you going to have a culture corner, John? Uh, I can I can say something. Okay. Do you want me to do that now? Or do you want to do no, that? No, just, no. We'll, we'll do I thought that. while he was doing Facebook find of the week, you could be thinking about what your culture corner I'm th- was. I'm thought. All right. Facebook find of the week. Facebook find of the week. Okay. This one was pretty tough for me. And I've got three. I've narrowed it down to three. I, I need your guys' help. Okay. Hmm. Number one is the... Wait, uh, I just want to point out that you failed at your job. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. If, if I came to you with three and I needed your help picking them, I would have never heard the end of it. <laughs> well, I've just changed the rules to allow for that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, listener Fishhead... He posted up a couple of really awesome things this week. One of which was the Three Little Pigs advert um, for, uh, um, I can't remember the the newspaper it was, but, oh, The Guardian. Uh, And the whole bit of it, you know, it was about the Three Little Pigs and what the real story was. Why did they kill the, The the wolf? You know, the wolf couldn't have been able to blow their house down he had asthma 
what was the real story behind all of this. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, definitely go and watch it because it's really funny. It, the whole thing is like trying to spur, you know, social media and getting involved through the Guardian newspaper. Brilliant. Really funny. Then there was Listener Fishhead sending in um, the uh, Air New Zealand partnered with Weta Workshop to create a new um, safety film for their airplanes. Oh, no way. Yes. And That's so awesome. it's got various characters. Gollum shows up at some point. Peter Jackson's <laughs> in it. And probably if I, there may have been some other characters from the new Hobbit movie. Um, some of them I didn't recognize. N- none of the really big ones, I don't think. Um, anyway, that was really genius. Um, and then the third one, Curtis posted Happy Peter Nash Day. Oh, it goes to Peter Nash Day. I thought you might say that. <laughs> you know, I, I actually... You didn't do anything this year. That's not true. Um, I decided to let it go. I actually, <laughs> I actually have quite a few photos. Uh, I... I I reached out to my well. So what, what's the term? You, you have you have tweets, right? That's your Twitter followers. Oh, okay. Um, I reached out to Reddit this year to Reddit help me with this. Oh, and no. so I got I got a few, and then there were people, other people who said they were going to send stuff in, and I didn't get them in time. So I'm just saving it all up. <laughs> I'm thinking like I'm thinking like the uh, the fifth anniversary of Peter Nash Day would be a huge bash. We'll really go all out on that one. I, I'm just gonna say this, listener fishhead, you outdid yourself by finding those other two things. We're gonna award it to Curtis just because he's never really participated much <laughs> or or whatever. Plus so. it's Peter Nash Day. Sure, fine, whatever. Congratulations, Curtis. I'd feel so gypped if I was fish head right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch those videos by chance? No. I, 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 do, I, do it. Steal, steal the link and post them up on JR Watch Star Trek because they, they'll enjoy it. I had a feeling. I, I, I don't know about the, I didn't see the Weta one, but the uh, Three Little Pigs one um, I saw and I was going to watch it, but then I didn't watch it because it was the Three Little Pigs video and I... And I'm like, if if this is longer than a minute, then I'm probably not going to get into it. Uh, I know, I, I and I knew the thing is, I I knew I knew it was like one of those where people were like, I know you're thinking it's not going to be good, but then click on it. But then I just figured, uh, I may as well just have this conversation later, kind of thing, you know. Hmm. Okay, well, why don't we go ahead and move into your segment, John's Culture Corner? Uh, what do okay. you got for us? Uh, I'm just going to mention. I can't remember if I mentioned this before. I was going to mention a book, but... Uh, and I, I've mentioned this over and over again, but there's only one anime that I've ever gotten into. Hmm, okay. And that is Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop. Bebop. Yes, and I've said it over and over, so I figure I may as well just make it official. Okay. Um, and normally, I, I kind of... I, I don't like anime, first of all. And I also don't like... Uh, uh, like short-lived TV shows. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm like kind of proud to be an American in a lot of ways, and like if we have a successful sitcom, we make 200 episodes of that sitcom <laughs> and not six episodes of that sitcom, kind of thing. Um, and you know, and I can kind of see what people are saying is like, you know, just tell the good parts, get out while it's good, and uh, so I can kind of respect that, but at the same time, you know, if there are people you love, you want to hold on to them for a long time, but. 
Cowboy Bebop is different. It's people I love, but it's a uh, story almost it's almost like Babylon 5 in a much smaller scale because there are standalone episodes but there are hints of this ongoing arc and uh, and it's kind of in the middle of this timeline that has a past and so you have flashbacks you don't quite know what the relationship is with all the characters and it's still sort of vague you still don't quite know I'm glad you said that because I thought maybe I was just not getting it all these years. <laughs> yeah. I, I also love Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. But it's it's a brilliant show. And it's just... It, it, well, the concept is it's just four bounty hunters stuck on a ship together. And, uh, like, all of the uh, planets and asteroids of our solar system are kind of colonized. Um, and uh, it, it's just, like, one of those kind of anti-hero shows, you know, where it's, they're, they're sort of the bad guys, sort of the good guys, but they have a code of honor. But there's a past with the main guy, and there's kind of a kind of a romantic tension with the girl on the ship, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's it's difficult to explain how good it is without watching a couple of episodes. But if you don't like anime, I would suggest it. Here's the thing: it's not that much of an investment, though, really. Yeah, I think 26 episodes, which is yeah that that that's one season of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, exactly, and that's one thing I. I think it would be an excellent show for you guys to do. Um, maybe, like, I mean, yeah. Battlestar Galactica is going to take forever to do. <laughs> and it's like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill the rest. Of, and I know the podcasts are going to go a long time, but one sometimes maybe just do four a week just to get Battlestar Galactica out of the way, even though it's going to be fun and brilliant and everything. It's just going to take so long. We're, we... Cowboy Bebop is about the only thing we have in the in the oven after Battlestar well, Galactica. The last time though. you joked about doing Highlander, which has like nine <laughs> seasons, it's only got seven seasons. Yeah, okay, but before you do another long one, <laughs> I may uh, exercise my veto power on, on Highlander. <laughs> yeah, you could do like you could do X Files. That would be one. That's like eleven. That's eleven seasons. Ooh. that's a lot of work. Anyway, no, no, no Cowboy Bebop. It's good. Okay, thanks very much, John. That uh, yeah, I've known. That's one of the things I've I think I've always known about you, and mm. been like, oh wow, okay, that John guy's pretty cool because he likes that. <laughs> I've never actually seen that. I think maybe I've seen a couple of episodes, like pieces of them. You no, know, I actually not, but I th- I think I have all the episodes on DVD. They're, I think you do too. I think there might I, be in I my room. I swear I've should, seen them down there. I should leave them lying around more. <clears throat> okay, uh, let's go into Joey's Culture Corner. Okay, this week the Culture Corner is Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings. Uh, I'm covering this one because we are getting ready as the home star me to start a read-through of oh, right. the Wheel of Time novels, which, Pete, you need to step up and sign up for some some chapters. Yeah, I'll do that <laughs> right away. Uh, anyway, so Sanderson is the guy that was selected by Jordan's Widow uh, to finish the series uh, from the notes that he left left behind. Um, and I had read a few of Sanderson's things, and I wasn't the biggest Brandon Sanderson fan in the world. Uh, the Way of Kings, I think he really... Well, somewhere between Warbreaker and The Way of Kings, he really stepped up his game. And I don't know if it was that editors started taking him more seriously now, and so they're they're pushing him to excel a little bit more, not just letting him kind of... Get get away with what I think were some of the cheap writing tricks that he used previously, but uh, I I really feel like this is 
um, in his in his later work here. This is us seeing really the strength of Brandon Sanderson as a writer. So one of the really cool things that Brandon Sanderson does in his in his series, not in each book, but in each series that he does, he comes up with a unique system of magic. And he just says, okay, and, and like a, a large part of his books are exploring that system of magic and what are the rules and how does that affect society at large. For example, in the Mistborn books, precious metals, uh, consuming, imbibing precious metals in, in, in as small flakes give people superpowers, give certain people superpowers. And therefore, the, the control of precious metals becomes a critical factor for society. Because you can't let these things just get out there because these people who have these superpowers can use them and can start to dictate what happens with society and things like that. So he, he uses these – the process of exploring the system of magic to kind of tell the story that he's here to tell. In The Way of Kings, the whole system of magic is based around these super powerful artifacts that were left by a previous civilization that humanity has found, has stumbled upon or has – figured out how to use. And and so it's kind of the whole Promethean fire kind of concept, right? We we have each kingdom has, you know, a handful of what they call these shard bearers and they're these just incredibly powerful soldiers and their entire armies are built around protecting your shard bearer and making sure that he gets to the other guy's shard bearer without being picked off by uh you know the smaller light infantry kind of troops. The whole the whole series really the I would say the big idea at least for the first book so we've only have one book so far of a of a planned ten book series. Wow, um, the first book really is laying out. He he really it, was that why he was chosen because he had this grand design for this ridiculously no, long. No, I think series. actually the fact that he was chosen it was what gave him the ability to go back to the <laughs> publisher and say, "Hey, look." <laughs> you should give me a big series. Oh, brother. Uh, but the, the, I'd say the big idea here is um, the the consequences of power and how we decide to use the power or m- misuse or abuse the power that we have. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, because those people would basically be sacrificing themselves for, you know, some greater good, some, you know... some. Philosophy that they believe in, some system of belief, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay, you would give it a thumb... Thumb up. Thumb up. I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, I also really enjoyed the fact that throughout the book, they they filled it with illustrations. <clears throat> so he went out and got some one or more illustrators and actually talked to them. Okay, this is what I imagine this thing looks like. Or And they have maps. Like They talk about how the character has a map. And you turn the page and there's the map that the character's looking at. So in, in interior illustrations... Uh, mostly uh, on chapter endings and things like that. I really enjoyed how they kind of put the whole book together, not just the writing, but the whole process of the book. It became more of an experience instead of just, hey, I'm just reading this. There's actually a little bit more to it. Was at uh, any point, was there a connect the dots? No. Uh, Or a word find? Uh, The entire book is kind of one big word find. (laughs) (laughs) That was a... (laughs) That was actually... Do you still watch New Girl? Yes. (laughs) Um, when when Nick finally broke down and started writing his novel, he he included a word search in the middle of it, <laughs> and none of the words are in there. Yeah, he's and like so he's, he's like that's the twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Uh, shoot. We did this out of order, I think, somehow. I forgot to do Ambassador Brainy Smurf. Oh. The See, I knew there was something weird there. Yeah, yeah. sorry about that, Brainy. Um, hey, dudes. Welcome back, everyone, to Studio TrekQuest Five Galactica. The Battlestar Galactica podcast continues to delve into unexpected and salient topics, and interestingly, this week's Nook connects with one of this week's episodes. And so, for Brainy's Nook of Darkness, we present All Along the Watchtower, Part 2. There must be some kind of confusion here. I can't get no relief. During Part 1, we examined how Dylan's transformation from folk hero to rock and roll rebel turned him into a pariah within the folk community. A curious parallel exists here within the emergence of the reimagining of Battlestar Galactica, from the Loyalist to the original show, 1970s version, were aghast and vexed to learn that Ron Moore was not going to continue the show original narrative. If anything, Ron Moore was excited to revamp something new after spending 10 years with Trek. The immutable nature of the Trek canon has played its course, and Ron Moore has now, uh, was now free to reinvent. Or was he? Sticklers for the original series and protest groups against the new one were formed, and amongst the opposition's leader was one Richard Hatch, who played Apollo originally. So the protesters whined, and Eddie almost famously was quoted uh, telling the stupid protesters not to watch the reimagining if they were so offended. <laughs> A quote... Uh, t- did, did he, do we know if he said that, like, if we have footage of him saying that? Because I, I hope he does it kind of in an... Adama kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Um, let's see here. A quote the, that served to publicize the new show even more than even the protesters had. And then, of course, Ron Moore somehow pulled an amazing move. He cast uh, Hatch as uh, Zarek, another bad egg in our little ragtag fleet, a dude who represents anarchists and a threat to the fleet. Yet he acquiesces to the tenuous, centralized government that he fundamentally opposes. Ron Moore loves the gray area. And as for the remaining protesters, some formed a group that continually referred to Ron Moore's version as G-I-N-A, Galactica in name only. In name alone. Uh, Ron Moore saves his, uh, this name for a special character we will meet later. And now, <laughs> Overlords, on to the episodes. Uh, but before we go into the episodes, did you want to do the top five right now? Yes, I've yes. got an email that I want to share from uh, uh, my buddy Sean, which we need to come up with a, a listener nickname for him. Um, but we can probably do that after we do the top five. Let's do the top five. Okay. Go ahead and lead us out with that. Okay, so the uh, the top five, uh, thank you, Bob, for correcting me. The top five this week is the top Wait, hold, five hold shows it, you'd like to see rebooted. What? Not villains? Ah! <laughs> Bob, isn't it so much fun to be able to point out when Joey is wrong just to tell him he did something wrong? 
Doesn't I, that feel good? I appreciate you leaping to my defense saying, <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, we just don't listen to our own podcast. That's <laughs> true. In fact, I had to go wake up Aaron uh, at 10 at 30 at night and say, hey, did I make this promise? Oh, uh, all right. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so Pete, do you want to give us your top five? Top five? Top why, don't you give us, why don't you give us your list? I'm going to give you my list. <laughs> However long I, it is. I didn't really put it in any particular order, but I I came up okay. with a bunch of uh, shows that I say, you know what? I would watch that if it were redone. Okay. I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, so uh, no particular order. I'm going to say because I liked my cartoons, He-Man. I'd love to see a reinvention of He-Man done you know, in more gritty adult-style you know, cartoon stories, not live action. No, you know, I know you Dolph. were. I, I think I think I remember you telling me you were never a fan of the Thundercats. No, but you should go get if you can find the old Thundercats and the new version of Thundercats and compare them. I think you'd really enjoy seeing how you know how the storytelling has it has changed hmm. over the past decade or two. Did I ask you, Joey, if Thundercats? Because I vaguely remember. They were out in space, and then they land on a planet, just the, the bunch of them, and then the mutants, and then Mum-Ra is on the planet, right? Right. Is the planet they land on, is that Earth? Like it's, Yes, it's supposed to be it's Earth. It's supposed to be like several centuries later kind of thing? Or before. They never actually get around to telling us which mm. way. Because I, I watched Thundercats, and then 20 years after I saw the last episode I ever saw of Thundercats, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was Earth. Like it took me, it took me, it took me twenty years. <laughs> At least you got to the realization, and that was probably a pretty spectacular feeling moment. Yeah, right? it's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and just because it is another cartoon, I'm going to throw this in here. GI Joe. Okay. Loved GI Joe. Have you seen GI Joe? Yes. Okay. It's awesome. The um, the Joseph Gordon Levitt. You you have it on record that that movie is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, the I'm talking about Tatum. the uh, the cartoon. Uh, that they Warren did. Ellis did. Yes, I've heard of that one. I hear it's good. Ge- really genius. I I thought they did a fantastic yeah. job with that. So I guess they kind of redid it, but I'd like to see it done in a I maybe would, a, would like a to, little longer format. I would like to see that become the new version of GI Joe. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. We'll go um, next. T- the Twilight Zone. Mm. Okay. I think that there should be some studio somewhere that kind of. You know, does like maybe 10 episodes a year. You know, someone... And we're not rehashing the old Twilight Zone. New stuff. It's time to give some new writers a chance. New stuff. Put put the new stuff out there. Okay. I guess maybe one or two where they re-spin, you know, one of the classics. But give me some new stuff. Kind of like... I, I feel like it should be like the, the Doctor Who of American television. <laughs> you yeah. know? It just keep... Let, let that thing keep going and going and going. It, it's... Interesting. Okay. It's time... Right, um, because there was a Twilight Zone in the eighties. There were, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, and so it's, Th- there have been like every so often you get a, a little crop of, of them that that come over. Well, it's it's through. been. <clears throat> this is always depressing to say stuff like this, but it's been um, like right now is as far away from the eighties as the eighties were, as far away as when the original Twilight <laughs> Zone was on. In fact, probably more time because I think Twilight Zone was actually on in the sixties, wasn't it? It, I think so. Yeah, so there's like been more time elapsed since the last iteration of the Twilight Zone. So it's time. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Okay. Uh, who wouldn't love another cool sci-fi show? And I thought that was great. Aaron Gray was super hot. <laughs> At least as to my little kid eyes. 
Um, and thanks to a conversation, Joey, you and I had on the, the car ride home, I'm adding the A-team okay. to the list because, you know, the, it was for, incredibly formulaic. I guess the A-team reimagined now is just leverage, and there are various <laughs> forms of it yeah. out there. Yeah. And the A-team movie. Uh, yes, true. Liam Neeson, I thought, did a wonderful job. Mm. Um, let's see here. We'll go next with um, The Fall Guy. I loved that show as a kid. It was really fun. And, you know, this bounty hunter going around getting people and yeah. saving the day. That's Who wouldn't like that? That's cool. Um, the Greatest American Hero. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Believe it yes. or not, I'm walking on air. Oh, sing to me, Pete. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'd have to have a, like a, they'd have to hip hop that. <laughs> you pop up that the theme song a bit. I just like yeah. the the idea that you yeah. know you got this FBI guy who's managed to find this guy who is now a superhero, and he's you know using him to help solve crime. <laughs> That's a genius idea. All right, uh, Magnum PI. Uh, see, I cu- I cut Magnum PI off my list. Tom Selleck, he's he's fantastic let's let's get a new maybe we can't redo to, uh, uh magnum pi that because why, that's it's what, so iconic to yes. tom Selleck. i was like oh, i just don't know that you could ever get that dynamic again harrison ford could play him <laughs> magnum pi starring harrison ford as tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um and then the last one and I, I hope you all get a chuckle out of this, but I'm serious with it. Remington Steel. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see that. I really liked it. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, it, it was it was fun. It had a British guy with a, a hot American girl. And there was, you know, they were solving mysteries. <laughs> Come on. That's fun. That, that, would be, that would be a lot of fun. Okay. John, did you have a list? I have a list. Uh, and, and it's funny... It's, it works out perfectly because there were probably six on Pete's list that I considered, but I did not put on my list. Um, and also, I just want to preface this with um, uh, I, I, Roger Ebert, one of the things he's fond of saying, and I'd like to echo this a lot, don't remake the good stuff that we liked. Don't remake the stuff that worked before. What you want to do is remake the stuff that didn't work. Oh, okay. That's what... Okay. That's what, you know, deserves to happen, you know, because he, he, he usually says that in, you know, because they always remake classic movies. Right. But no, don't don't remake those. And so I was trying to think of shows that I didn't like that I want to see remade, but it's really hard. Now I feel sorry for studio executives. They can't follow his advice because it's really, really hard to do that. And I think I failed at doing that <laughs> because if I didn't, I'm sitting here thinking like Full House. No. <laughs> <laughs> no there were no sitcoms on my list. Okay, I, I, no, then you may happening. be surprised at my list. Okay, <laughs> my number five, I'm going to go in reverse order, uh, MacGyver. I'm going to do MacGyver. Ooh, okay. uh, the, the twist on this one is that MacGyver is a homeless man who goes around <laughs> helping people, but he's got MacGyver-like skills. And so just kind of switch the character up a little bit more. Um, oh Feels like there might be uh, like... Uh... Like a Highway to Heaven little bit of a theme running through that, too. Right. I considered Highway to Heaven, too. <laughs> uh, number four. I hate you both. <laughs> I like... You know what? Highway to Heaven needs to be... Highway removed. to Heaven's on my list. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are mocking it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. 
Yeah, I hate Highway to Heaven. I'm not like Pete. No, it's terrible. <laughs> Who would ever want to remake that? Some psycho, probably. Um, number four, do you guys remember the show Erie, Indiana? Vaguely. Yeah, it's. I thought it was a pretty good show. I watched it when I was a young teenager because it was it was sort of like the Twilight Zone, where this new kid in town moves in, and like Twilight Zone events happen all yeah. over the town, and so every week there's like a different sort of monster, or a yeah, different it was a kind monster of, of the week. Very yeah, it, or or like a some kind of dimensional door or something that's in this town. Like it's like X Files, Twilight Zone kind of thing, and it was sort of this young kid sort of sitcom. Um, but it was sort of also like the wonder years because he's like older, he's just barely starting to date. And so they, you, you can, there's a lot of opportunity to kind of throw in the mysteries <laughs> of dating and first love with this weird town sort of cool. thing. Uh, it was only on for a season, I think. Yeah, I think you I think you summed it up well. It combines all the worst parts of the X Files with the worst parts of the Wonder Years. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so there yeah. you go. So I'll that's something that rules. can be. It's a yeah. good list. It's a good item. <laughs> I actually enjoyed the show. I remember enjoying it, but it was twenty years ago. Um, the number three, I have uh, Police Squad. Oh yeah, which uh, is <laughs> a show. If anybody wants to borrow it, I have the complete series. All one discs of the complete series of Police Squad. <laughs> uh, there are only six episodes made. And uh, it's funny, because uh, it, that show kind of failed because it, it ultimately kind of became the Naked Gun movies. You have to actually watch it pretty intently to realize there's something funny happening. <laughs> because it's it's told, like, very seriously. Yes, yes, really. And so if you're, like, doing your laundry or, like, doing a crossword puzzle just kind of and waiting for the laugh track or waiting for something funny to happen, it never happens because yeah. you have to pay meticulous attention to it. And I think now that, like, Arrested Development and sitcoms like that are happening, Police Squad might be something that might work and get further than yeah. six episodes. Uh, okay. I, you know, I have to say... <laughs> I think uh, I've heard other people, and, and I see the connection between Police Squad and the Naked Gun movies. But uh-huh. I think Police Squad is way funnier. It's I, way, oh, way, I, way more intelligent. I, it it probably is. It, it's it's funny because I I really came around a lot on Police Squad. It's like I can watch them over and over again. I, I mean, the the Japanese Garden <laughs> joke will never ever get old as long as I live. The thing, the one that that gets me is when he says. Uh, there's the guy who's so tall his head is cut off, and and Frank goes, "Oh, you have something on your mouth." No, the other side. And he's like, "Oh, okay." And he like the tall guy wipes his mouth, and like this, like an entire banana falls down. <laughs> and then, but that's not it though. Like, and then Frank leans over his desk and says, and it looks like he's like pushing an intercom button or something, and he goes, "Get me the chief right away." And he's not actually pushing an intercom, but it cuts to where he's looking, and he's looking at a dwarf, like in a policeman's costume, and goes, You got it, buddy! <laughs> it like does, goes from the tall guy down to the dwarf, like within 30 seconds. Um, so that's Police Squad, and I hope they uh, use that joke in it, because actually they only did six episodes, and they were already rehashing their same jokes, <laughs> which I kind of loved. Number two, Tour of Duty. Oh, The yeah. Vietnam show... But paint it, they one. use paint it they black. They use paint it black as the opening theme song. That's that's where yeah. I remember that song I the most from. Me too. I, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen that show. It, it was it was just a serialized. It was just a serious uh, Vietnam show about this platoon. So it was almost like platoon the series, okay, sort of thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, tour of duty. But now you can make it. You know, I don't know. 
maybe the like Iraq War, like a oh, man. Afghanistan. Yeah. I feel like HBO could do something good yeah. with that. Probably C- could be really cool. Uh, and number one, I'm going to go Perfect Ple- please. Strangers. Oh, <laughs> so glad you said that because I thought about Perfect Strangers. Really? Yeah. There's a couple that I thought. Perfect Strangers and maybe Different Strokes could be redone. <laughs> right. Now, my version of Perfect Strangers, of course, is not going to be a comedy. It's going to be an hour-long drama <laughs> where this guy knocks on this, like, nervous New Yorker's door. I guess he's in Chicago, though. Um, nervous Chicago. It could be New York. We can revamp it for New York. Uh, who's, who's got uh, a lot of anxiety. Is like, but here's the thing. Is the guy really who he says he is? And now they're living together. And each of them has something on the other one, and they don't know exactly how much of the truth, but they're living together kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, here's another one I'm going to throw out there. In the vein of what you kind of said, the really bad stuff that needs to be redone. Uh-huh. Small wonder. Oh. I hate you. Would you <laughs> shut up and let me get to my list? No. I, I, I realized we had an email in oh, from okay. listener Fishhead. I would have put it on if I thought of it. <laughs> He's, uh, Fishhead writes in, uh, There weren't many sitcoms in the 70s and 80s I thought would be worth revisiting. And I was never a huge fan of mysteries or police, hospital, lawyer dramas. And besides... You could argue that many of the current comedies, dramas, and crime procedural programs are really just repackaged shows from that period or earlier anyway. So I basically stayed within the speculative fiction genre. Here they are, in no particular order. Fantasy Island. Okay. The stories for this are endless. It is basically an anthology format with a great platform for short stories. I think it could easily be updated and made more applicable to current issues, possibly dealing with virtual reality and other technology as the venue for the fantasies, with or without any overarching stories involving the staff. You know, that needs to be done by Cinemax. Seems like they tried one time. I, yeah, I, I, not, I do remember not uh, Cinemax, uh, re- but yeah. No, I'm saying that's that's why you got to go with Cinemax. They can actually take the the concept and and really do it justice. <laughs> the island. <laughs> you could possibly yeah. you could possibly argue that the initial episodes of Dollhouse followed this format, but from a variable participants perspective. Kung Fu. I never really watched this, but I liked the premise, and I think it would be made more interesting. Again, it's kind of one of those like highway to heaven things, but with martial arts, yeah, sort of thing. He's just wandering around helping people, hmm. you know, making life better. Hmm. Uh, the greatest American hero. This was a great concept that was canceled way too early. Newer special effects and better stories would only help it. Yeah. Quantum Leap. This shares many of the same upsides as Fantasy Island, but in a a (laughs) but in a different venue and constant characters in each story. Last one, MacGyver. Why not? Uh, Thanks, Fishhead. That was uh, that was good list. Good list. Okay, so the bottom half of my list is no is in no particular order. It's uh, I've got Mash. I think you could do a great thing with Mash in there in Afghanistan instead of the Korean War. See, and I thought of that, but I, I don't I, think so. I, it's just like you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to get like Hawkeye and Trapper. Like you wouldn't be able to get those elements. That, that's but, actually why Quantum Leap didn't make my list. I don't mm-hmm. know if you could ever recreate the dynamic between Scott Bakula and uh, 
can't remember the other guy's name right right now. Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell, thank you. And Frank Burns, for crying out loud. I mean, <laughs> Larry Linville just wiped the floor with Donald Sutherland as far as like portrayals of Frank Burns go. Um, Highway to Heaven. Hmm. That's but, a good one. I, I And I think that would be nice to show some sort of good thing out there. Yeah. Uh, the, the Fall Guy. Yeah. I also loved Colt Seaver. <laughs> Um, I think that you know you you upgrade it with what we can do today with special effects and stuff like that, and you could really have a. As fun a show. kid, I I loved watching you know their truck go make <laughs> this jump. At some point during the episode, that truck was, was going jump. to yep. make a big jump, and you could see like the roll cage. You could see the guy wearing a, a helmet. helmet. <laughs> so it was like, wait, seriously? They're just gonna cut away to that? We're just gonna we're gonna go with it? Yeah, you bet. Because the truck just did a jump. <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah. It was good stuff. Um, moonlighting. Mm. I really liked Moonlighting. I think that that could be, could be fun. You upgrade it a little bit. You give it good more romantic of the sensibility today. sort of yeah. thing. Sure. Yeah. Detective Agency, a lot of fodder. And uh, Mission Impossible. I know the movies are, are a big deal right now, but I think this is one that works really, really well as a serialized, serialized Th- That's format. interesting because they did you know, Mission Impossible in the 60s. Then they redid it in the 80s. 80s. Yep. Um, and I enjoyed them in the 80s. I, I, in, I remembered enjoying them in the 80s. Thinking back, I hated them. <laughs> Do you, I mean, did you ever watch them in the 80s? Yeah, yeah. I did. Okay. Yeah, I know you did, and Joey said he did too. But it seems like every single episode, it's like, okay, you know, get the masks out, and maybe that's how the '60s was, because that's how the movies are too. Yeah. yeah, and you know that that was the best part of the new movie when, like, okay, we're getting the mask out, and then then the mask machine broke. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. It was like the best thing I've ever seen in any Mission Impossible because nice. it's like so. It's such a cheap, easy way out just yeah. to make a mask of somebody. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my number five is Small Wonder. Wow. I would love to see this one done with today's sensibilities, today's special effects. But done, done as a drama. Well. Done as a drama and not as a comedy. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, watching the robot try to fit into Maybe Brent human Spiner society. can play. Yeah. <laughs> play the father. <laughs> Have him play Absolutely. the father. Absolutely. Play the father. That would be perfect. <laughs> or the grandfather, because Brent Spiner's getting kind of old now. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Six Million Dollar Man. I know they tried to redo The Bionic Woman not too long ago, and I actually thought they had some good ideas. They were taking it in an interesting direction when it got canceled. I'd love to see The Bionic Man come, come back on Leave television. the sound effects, though. Yeah, we could do without that. Mm-hmm. No, no, um, no, 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 no. Seriously, keep them in. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. <laughs> Either way. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of them, but okay. Um, <laughs> so, Pete, I initially didn't. I had taken this one off my list, and then as we were driving back, you mentioned it didn't necessarily have to be restricted to the seventies and eighties. So I right. added this back on, and in fact, it actually a little piece of it took place in the seventies. Gunsmoke. Oh, okay. I would like a nice to see western. a good western back on television. I, I, my, my wife's family loves Gunsmoke. I think I've seen. Almost every episode of Gunsmoke now at this point, because we they there was a period in time where they were doing them on the Western Channel, uh, and and they were doing them from start to finish. They did the whole series. We TiVo'd them and then put them on VHS tape for my father-in-law because he's yeah. such a fan of them. Uh, MacGyver, love MacGyver. It's one of my favorite shows. Uh, I I'd say if you liked MacGyver and you want to see kind of a more modern take on MacGyver. Tune into Burn Notice. It's got a lot of the same sense of humor, the same sensibilities. Uh, I, th- I think there's some things that you would enjoy in there. My number one, and this is actually 
the the guy who created this show mentioned to, in the to Ain't It Cool News back in September that he's currently working on trying to get this show back on the air. Briscoe County Junior. No, <laughs> I've never seen it all the way through. I just barely started watching. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm I curious about Briscoe County Junior. Uh, I, I saw. I've seen the first episode where I saw that the bad guy in Alphas is a bad guy in Briscoe County Junior. Anyway. Um, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Okay. Larry Dottilio and uh, Straczynski both worked on this show. <laughs> and it, it's it's famous for, at the end of the first season, permanently killing a major character. Hmm. They, they literally say, okay, she's dead. She's out of the story. We did that so that you can see that this is a very real story that we're trying to tell here. And there's, you know, long lasting effects and stuff like that, but it was a children's show. They were pitching it to kids. There were toys, a toy line from Mattel. I loved this show. I can, if I, if I sat down and thought about it long enough, I could probably do the captain power pledge again. <laughs> um, I, I would love to see this on the air with today's quality. And, and like I said, the guy said, I'm trying to get this thing back on the air. Definitely do not turn it over to Larry to tell you. <laughs> Did- <laughs> Did you have the toys? No, never had the toys. See, because, okay, you can might might help me answer this. And if they do reboot it, they could integrate this so much better than today, than now. But as I recall, when I saw the commercials for Captain Power, one of the points of the show is that you were supposed to play with your toy as you watched the show. Yeah, there was some kind of interactive... And there's like some kind of... And you're supposed to shoot your toy at like at certain the screen, times yes. of, the, of the show at the screen. And if you did it wrong, then you blew up. I heard from people say that pretty much no matter what happens, you just blow up. Oh, okay. like either, but but it like scores you. Like you shoot the bad guy, and it says on your on your readout of the toy, yes, you hit him. But eventually, you just kind of blow. I, I don't know how it worked, <laughs> but I, I remember thinking, wow, that's weird. How does that work? Because the TV is just running, so it's not quite like a video game where you pushing the button actually changes the results of what's on TV. <laughs> no, it, it was actually. Like the toy was reading the image off the television, mm-hmm. and based on what it was getting off the image on the television, was the, the, all the interaction was happening within the toy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but now they're not going to do the toy line. Well, no, but now is such an opportunity to do the toy line because there is the the technology for better interaction could be amazing. Like it, it could be just like a uh, like an iPad app. Where what happens on the app actually sure. is changing according to so the they, show. So they, they've talked about maybe doing an MMO, <laughs> mm-hmm. multi- massively multiplayer online role-playing game for it. The problem, the reason that the guy who said we're not going to try and do the toy line is because one of the big problems they ran into was the conflict between the toy maker and what they wanted to do with the toy mm-hmm. line and what the writers wanted to do with the storyline on television. And when the writers wanted to kill off this major character because that was part of the story arc, Mattel withdrew all their backing of the project, mm-hmm. which pretty much killed the TV show because it was a popular toy. And you're saying we can't make the toy anymore. Interesting. Well, yeah, well, you seems just like... can't make that one specific toy, <laughs> that <laughs> one <laughs> action figure. Right. Spoiler alert, kids. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but I mean, make the toys don't. They, they, don't go why, back to that's, don't that's go back to Mattel. Say, yeah, we've talked about maybe doing an MMO instead. Yeah, I mean, do do something like that where you. I mean, I, I like the give, augmented give reality idea yeah. with the iPad. That's not a bad idea. Mm. Now, during our discussions uh, that Joey and I had tonight, we realized <laughs> there were some TV shows that we do not want to have remade. So next week's list: top five television shows 
or maybe top 10 because there's some really bad ones out there that should never be remade or rebooted. And they don't necessarily have to be have been bad shows if it's a show that you think was done so well that we should just shouldn't touch it. Sure, okay. Yeah, give us your reasons why. Yeah. Yeah. I put MASH on that list. So would I, John. So would I. <laughs> I I just don't want I don't think that you can touch that magic again mm-hmm. and get the same effects. I don't I don't think you can do it. You might be right, but I'd like to see him try. Um, I've got an email here that I want to kind of cover uh, from from listener Sean. Um, he says he calls this nitpicking. Okay, this may be the first of many examples of why I have such a hard time enjoying anything. <laughs> your he always t- has a smile on his face. It seems like he, <laughs> yeah, you know. it does seem odd, right? <laughs> uh, you're telling me that this highly advanced civilization has somehow developed some way to travel faster than light, which is, by the way, physically impossible, according to only every law of physics. Well, our limited understanding of physics. (laughs) But they have mysteriously and absolutely no advances in nanotechnology? How does that make sense? If you are a civilization that travels extensively into space, you need to find a viable and efficient way of transporting food and water in order to to keep your crew alive, assuming they aren't all Cylons. The only way that makes sense, uh, that makes any sense is what we see on Star Trek as the replicator. What, why would you waste not only fuel, but potentially endanger your crew due to limiting your maneuverability, as we talked about last week with the movement of water during faster-than-light travel, which is another issue. By carrying not only incredible amounts of water and food, but also the equipment to make it recyclable that we have on Galactica. It only makes sense to have nanobots building your food and water on a molecular level. We already have nanotechnology, something that is possible and potentially very quickly becoming a reality that is taking the backseat to something that is a theoretical, physical impossibility. But, I mean, whatever. I guess the technology will not follow the same type of technological advancements of the lost 13th colony. And maybe this may be one of the only advancements that uh, they were able to hold on to from their ancestors that brought them to this new solar system. And as Madbeard said, we uh, were just complacent with what they have. Either way, <laughs> it's still stupid, Sean. <laughs> By the way, listener knit is that a <laughs> listener knit? Oh, that that's <laughs> good. Let's get some of the other listeners' uh, thoughts on this uh, post up on Facebook. But that I like that listener knit. I, I want to point out that uh, if if anybody like uh, over on the other side of the world is listening, Madbeard is my real life nickname. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Thank you for that, Sean. Although, let me just nitpick Sean just a little bit. <laughs> so what he's saying is okay. Faster than light travel is impossible. You can never do it unless you're on a ship that has replicating technology. <laughs> then it's okay. Then it's passable. No, I don't think he was saying that. I, I feel like I should defend him a little bit here, but just so we're clear, this isn't my argument. I think he was saying we can have this impossible thing 
but not have this other impossible thing? I think it makes perfect sense that this particular society didn't go the nanotechnology route, given their fear of robots and networked computers. Maybe Both that's how it fairly, originally started. We had some nano. You know, those are those are fairly fundamental principles to nanotechnology. Uh, I can I can totally believe that they said, you know what, we're never going to even explore nanotechnology, and any nanotechnology we had is now black science. It's it's shunned. It's, it, it's it could down. be a scary thing. No, I like that the black science because I like the black science part of it more than. Uh, um, I mean, because they weren't really afraid of. I didn't think they were afraid of networks until, until the Holocaust happened, right? No, they were afraid of it beforehand because Adamo was like, "No, you're not putting anything on this ship." Right in the pilot before the attacks happen, L- Rosalind is walking around talking about how she wants to bring a networked computer in and hook right. it up for training and he's like nope we don't allow network computers well, well sure on okay ship. that's how galactica feels but obviously the whole society has to feel that way for them not to for them to fear networks in general or just at least enough powerful individuals in the government to suppress the technology regardless my point is <laughs> uh well they did have networked technology because that's how they yes, were able to right. get yeah. and, right. and destroy all of the other you know yeah ships. i i was i mean adama is obviously the minority in this but no 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 the the reason i i bring it up is because i think it's more believable that maybe since they're so religious there's probably something their gods told them about like mm. anything smaller than this is like you know it, it's like where germs are it's like unholy <laughs> it's you know and, and so i i could see it being a religious thing that they don't go that direction N- nanobots have been used as a scary thing on the the television show um, Stargate SG One. Um, the nano nanobots, huge villain. Uh, I won't say anything more than that, but they're a huge, big, scary villain that I thought you know Stargate did really well in introducing and using. Also, on the short-lived Showtime series Odyssey Five. That's on my list for next week. Is it really? I have no idea what oh. that show is. Uh, it, it, I think it only ran one season, maybe two. Uh, but the the premise is that these these five astronauts are launched into outer space. They're they're just doing you know standard astronaut mission. They're orbiting the Earth, and all of a sudden they wake up from you know their their nightly shift of sleep. They wake up and they're looking out the portholes of the of the shuttle, and they watch the entire Earth implode on itself. Hmm. And it, it turns into just dust. And this, they, so they're out there, you know, they're, okay, we have nowhere to land. We have, cause the <laughs> earth and the moon are both gone. Um, so they're pretty much just floating in the middle of nowhere and trying to figure out how they're going to survive when this alien spaceship shows up, pulls the space shuttle in and says, I am here for, I'm a, I'm a representative from another society. Oh, another so- I think you, t- I think there. you told me about this. Um, we can't. We have time travel. What we can do is we can send your consciousness back in time five years, and then you've got five years to prevent this from happening. This happened to my planet too. There's some kind of force that's going from planet, sentient planet to sentient planet, and, and it, it, the direction they were heading strongly indicated that nanobots were the force that was destroying. And it was like well, any society that got to the level to, to create nanotechnology destroyed itself almost immediately Hmm. moving on to episodes uh we are going to cover episodes three through four of battlestar galactica season one and uh we're going to cover episode three first bastille day the prisoners aboard astro queen have somehow tripled and now they're rioting (laughs) 
<laughs> Did they really triple? It was 500 in the miniseries. It's 1500 here. <laughs> wow. I went back and checked it. And it wasn't supposed to be a prison ship. It was a liner. And they're like, yeah, this liner. Because like they make a big deal in the miniseries about how this is a ship that's not meant to hold prisoners. And he's got these prisoners. And I made a note of it at the time because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to come back. <laughs> and so I went back and checked my notes. And then I went back and watched the episode. Sure enough, <laughs> they tripled them. They changed it. <laughs> I, I, no, I've got it figured out. This is – no, this is this will cover it. First of all, They're Billy, all silence. Billy oh. read it. They're all silence. Billy read it uh, and he just – you just missed the one. He just misread it <laughs> in the miniseries. <laughs> and it is a liner, uh, but it's like... Retrofitted? No, it, it's like fifth class seating. <laughs> steerage? Yeah, it, it's steerage. So they actually do like lock the people in like on this liner. Kind oh, of thing. that's hilarious. What, that would be quite the liner, wouldn't it, though? Yeah. Like if he, I, I gotta, I gotta get to Pike on cheap. <laughs> so the other thing that they changed is that in the miniseries they point out that this is these are prisoners on their way to prison, and here in the episode they're on their way back to Caprica f- to see if maybe they're ready to be released or not. All right, uh, that's okay. I, I was gonna say, yeah, don't be so hard on them because you know the captain did say. Look, I'm just a delivery guy. I, uh, you know, I'm not meant to hold these guys for very long. But now that you mentioned the whole, you know, they're actually headed for potential uh, uh, parole. Parole, which I'm not sure why we need why you have to, to ship them, transport them <laughs> to, to another space. planet <laughs> to do that. But I, I guess maybe there's one planet that is, you know, the penal the colony. planet. <laughs> Here, here we go. Okay, I have another idea. Apparently I have two more ideas. <laughs> First of all, they're talking about two completely different ships. They're, they're two both called ships. Astral Queen. <laughs> called Astral Queen? Okay, yeah, the Astral Queen one and, and the Queen other two. Astral Queen. Yeah, Famous Astral Queen and original Astral Queen. <laughs> uh, how about this? How about this? A- excellent reference, by the way. Uh, Tom Zarek. Uh, he put his feelers out to sort of change kind of the paperwork, the details of where it was going and why. Like, and, and they really are. It is a prison ship, but he kind of changed the details. And no one noticed from the report two weeks ago because they're not, they're not crazy like you and remember stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, am I right in saying that uh, we all kind of don't really enjoy this episode that much? I actually thought it was an okay episode. You did? I like the episode. You like it, uh, okay. I, I have some problems with Zarek. It's not one we'll of my into. favorites, and okay. I, now that you guys point now that you point out some of the stuff that's like wrong or inconsistent with you know the original miniseries, uh, I, I like it even less. But I, it, I'm okay, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the fact that in the miniseries they introduced it one way, they realized, hey, you know what? It's going to turn out better if we do it this way. Here's what, no. I'm okay with that. This is exactly what I think. It, it doesn't make me like this episode less. It makes me like the miniseries less. Because <laughs> I still okay, like this episode fair. more than the miniseries. That's fair. My that's question right. is, am I now supposed to increase the count of the human population by a thousand? <laughs> I don't know. Because they're not giving me a count. You said there was going to be a count, and I have there will to see be. a count. There will be. What? Right. There's no count? There will be a count. There wasn't in, in the intros. Really? There was no. I, yeah, there was. On mine, no. there were. I just barely I don't remember. This. I don't remember seeing them. Huh? Uh, uh, it's it, neither it on the DVD, neither on the DVD nor on the Netflix. 
it'll be there eventually. I don't think it was terribly important this time. It gets really important when they start losing people. I guess I gave you a little bit well, of Well, we a lost hint. one person here. Um, was he a person, though, Joey? Or, or was, was he, he a silent? Was he a monster? Oh, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the episode starts out with uh, Reveille and uh, Ty. His way of waking up in the morning is to have a stiff drink. <laughs> a little bit of hair of the dog. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, he's rationed himself out because he knows he's not going to be getting, you know, many more uh, of these things. So... He, that's still got to be pretty weird, right? I mean, he's not going to work drunk, but he's definitely having a drink. And he's got a little buzz. I mean, because he's in a good mood. He does. He does seem like he's in a good mood. Because um, he's a Cylon. Because he's a Cylon. <laughs> uh, anyway, the idea of going to work, not drunk, but having a drink beforehand. I know societally, we all kind of look down on the the person who says... What? It, it's 8 p.m. somewhere as they have a drink, you know, <laughs> at, at, you know, at 10 a.m. or, or w- whenever. Is, what do we think? Is, is that show that someone has a real problem yes. or someone that just actually just enjoys the flavor of no, I, alcohol? I, I, I think, I think it indicates that he's been programmed by the Cylon Master Jeez. Programmer to enjoy <laughs> the flavor of alcohol. To have this terrible social, societal yeah. ill. Because no one will suspect him. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, anyway, so they they get down to the job of, of getting the water. How are they going to do this? Um, they they realize, oh, the, you know, we can't use the water stuff, but we can use the ice. But it's going to be terribly difficult to convert the ice, um, you know, because we have to melt it, essentially. <clears throat> and so the idea is... Why don't we use the criminal ship? Wait, really quick. This because I thought of this last time. I was I was kind of wondering because I thought any ice they they would find would probably be salt water, which they mention in this. They say, okay, the water is salt water, but the ice is not. And I was wondering why that would be. Well, because salt water won't freeze generally. It will if you get it to a to a the, low the, enough temperature. The, the, the freezing point for salt water is much much lower than that for clear water for pure water. So just whatever clear is available is what happens to freeze. Right. Okay. Okay. So it, it may still have some water or other debris in it, but it. I'm assuming the concentration is reduced. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so they decide, hey, why don't we start using the criminals? And there's some pushback on that. It's like, they're not slaves. You know, we can't just force them into doing this. Because, as it turns out, the the criminals aren't, you know, these terrible people. They're coming up for parole. So they've served their time, apparently, from what we're told. Okay, but when the available population of humanity drops by such a prodigious amount... Doesn't the scale change? So you're in favor of introducing the caste system in this society. <laughs> I am. Am I, I hearing this right? I think I am. It, in this society, in this particular instance, yes, I think I am. Oh wow. Okay. Nobody vote for Joey for president <laughs> after the apocalypse happens. Yes, after the apocalypse. Get me in before so I can see that it comes about. <laughs> anyway, they come up with this idea. Okay. 
let let's get them to volunteer and they can win points the, the worst, towards doing dumbest it. most asinine idea why i love the idea i i think we should institute it today it is the most hollow well okay perhaps the concept of of freedom points earning your freedom okay i i don't necessarily have a problem with that but it's the idea that we're going to give you an unspecified number of points for unspecified tasks until you hit an unspecified limit. That's a reward, right? <laughs> it just hasn't been specified yet. And, and the idea that anyone in that prison environment would sign up without those specifics is what's asinine about it. Well, look, th- this this mission isn't about going in there and saying, hey... We have the exact plan worked out. It's, are you even interested? No, it's step out if you want to volunteer to go down right now and start doing the work. No, it wasn't a right now. It's step out they, if you want to volunteer, if sent, you want to get They sent Dwala and a person from the, the ground crew, is that what they call them? Something like that, <clears throat> to go train them in how to use the machines. They are looking to start this right now. Look, I, I I don't see the big deal about it. Okay, I kind of I kind of figured that they were they did they were eager to get it done because there was water and everything. But if like a prisoner decided to do it, they weren't that their sentence wasn't switched over. It's like nope, you have to do the like, and they literally had whips and everything. <laughs> like uh, like they still they they always had the freedom to do one or the other, no matter what decision they initially made. And I know that wasn't said, but that's kind of how I thought. Here's the the goofy part for me, which is the president saying to whatever that kid's name, Billy, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, I want you to go down there and, and I want you to begin screening the hardened criminals. Yes. That was the second thing. What the heck thing. does that mean? Well, you you put yourself out there on the table and you say, here's a knife. <laughs> and you wait to see if they try to stab you. And if they try to stab you, then they don't get the job. <laughs> I don't know. What a dumb, dumb idea. It, it, it's it's one of those Maybe they that, have a Voight-Kampf test. It, it, it's one of these uh, things that politicians tend to say that sound good. <laughs> like, it sounds like a good idea. Oh, let's screen the hardened criminals. Because... We all know it's very easy to tell what a hardened criminal looks like. You know, that that's it's just silly. Yes, Joey's pointing at himself <laughs> right now. Uh but he's managed to fool the societal censors right. up till now. Uh, I, I'm just living proof that no screening system actually works. <laughs> also the idea that Dwala somehow is going to be qualified to participate in this. She she seems smart enough, she seems a capable woman. She, I don't was know select, why, she was selected because Billy likes her. I don't know why Billy or Dwala are the people that anyone thought, yes, these are the two, the very young, young people with very little life experience <laughs> are the ones that we should send down to decide who are hardened criminals. Hey, you, you don't go find out who the hardened criminals are with the people you want. <laughs> you go with the people you got. Those are the people they had. I think Dwala w- probably would be pretty good at it, hmm. um, weeding like people her. out. Um, sure. And uh, there, there was the little scuffle about, you know, because she and Billy kind of have the fight because she's sort of 
she's sort of like from the street and he's yeah. like the liberal sort yes. of yeah. you know we no no these people are misunderstood but you it's, know, she, it's my people you don't yeah. tell me about my people yeah i really enjoyed that exchange as well uh before we get there there was just that uh, that one exchange between uh commander adama and um zerk no lee oh, oh adama oh, okay, okay. before he's going down there they're having this little conversation and uh, Apollo hasn't really chosen a side. Okay, so and what the, are the sides in your mind that he needs to choose between? Because I'm kind of confused on that. <laughs> Humans versus Cylons. I think it's clear which side of that battle he's on. <laughs> uh, I, I would Clearly imagine he's a Cylon. I, oh, I I would imagine it. It's probably a bit to do with you know how they treat the prisoners. Maybe a little bit to do with you know maybe he realizes that he read Tom Zarek's book. So there's some part of him that's, you know, thinking that, you know, we need to give these people another so you shot. Think, you think or it's specific I, to... I don't know. I don't okay. know at all. I, I I would just guess that those are, you know, some of the very seeds that he, quote-unquote, hasn't chosen a side with yet. The thing that I like is he's saying, well, as the president's advisor, well, I, I don't have anything to say about that. Well, as the CAG, and he says... I have nothing to say to him either. <laughs> and I absolutely loved that line. Dis- you know, dismissing the person in, in both roles. Yeah. Uh, I thought that that was particularly good writing to, to throw in. So they head down to the prison ship and we see Zarek step, step out. And before you even can see the guy's face, I just started chuckling and my wife, I'm watching this with my, with my wife and she turned to me and she said, what is so funny where they said, Look at the way that guy's stepping out of his cell. Everything in his body language, everything about the way he's presenting himself says, I'm here to create trouble. <laughs> this is going to be a villain. Right. And then we get to see it's Apollo from the original series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's Apollo. <laughs> and I love that they put the two Apollos together. I think that was such a great decision, letting these two guys play off of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought it was great that they introduced, you know, some former cast members into this. Um, I felt like they should have done more just because it would have been cool for some of the fans to see. I I think Lauren Green is dead, Pete. Dang it. (laughs) Um, okay. So none of the prisoners will volunteer and Tom Zarek's leading them, quote unquote. We cut away. We are back on Cylon-controlled Caprica. Okay, I'm already starting to find this a little bit annoying. What? What? The, the cutting back and forth between the Galactica fleet and the Hilo and Boomer <laughs> life on the deserted planet. I, I wanted to I wanted to bring this up last time because the first time I saw this, I thought it was like the funniest thing in the world. It's like, okay, we know who everybody else is, but this Hilo guy... We have to be told every single time. This is Hilo. This is his call sign. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that guy. His name is Hilo. Like for a while, it's like the only name you know because he's the only one identified ever. Um, like I, 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 th- I thought it was a joke. Like seriously. Really? <laughs> like there. Like I'm. I'm like. I really, literally thought. I think this is a joke to say his name every single time. <laughs> Uh, it would be a funny joke if it was. Um, anyway, I think it's probably serious. Uh, they're on the planet. They 
It seems odd to me that there's no humans there. Well, obviously the silence have rounded them all up. Deserted. Okay, maybe, yeah. I didn't think about that. But they're going around, and they come across people who died. Yes. And we see a herd of rats. I don't know. Are they called herds? (laughs) What is a grouping of rats? Pack. A pack of rats. They come along. I don't know if it's pack, but it's the, the, rat, the rat pack. Yeah, or pack rats. Pack rat, rat pack. Yeah. They they come up to you know you just see this bloodied hand and the the rats you know swarming over this this dead person assuming, uh, um you know we assume, and Boomer doesn't react well to this. Yeah. She just starts getting really ill. I found that a little odd just because. Surely she's seen, you know, she's As a had mili- to, member of the military. Maybe she hasn't been in any wars. Okay, f- fine. But I guess she's supposed to be a woman, so she's light stomach. But then I realized she's playing a part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really interesting that you said that because that was going to be my question is, does this boomer know she's a Cylon? I don't think we have... Def- Definitive. I don't think we do yet from the episodes, but it's clear from the other people, the other Cylons who are watching, because I think they say something to the effect of, you know, oh, she's doing, she's really good at this or something like that. Yes, but I think what they're talking about is making Hilo fall in love with her. Yes, and but that's that's whether, part of it. Though. Whether whether that's conscious or not, I don't think we have enough information. I'm, I'm not convinced okay. that this boomer knows she's a Cylon. I'm starting to wonder if she really is. Maybe no boomer ever knows until like some point. I mean, obviously that one boomer knew, right? The one, the big reveal. She knew because they're all calling her my queen or something like that. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I just I'm 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 not I'm not sure yet. Okay, I just want to you put that you out don't there. Have, yeah, it's okay. You don't have to know yet. Um, they use the line, uh, someone must be watching out for us. And then we pan up <laughs> yes. and we see the it's people the who are literally watching out for them and, you know, helping guide them along. They made an interesting comment. Parents have to die. That whole conversation was very, very interesting to me because I'm starting to get a sense now of, yes, there really are factions, clearly, within the Cylon organization, within the, the Cylon society. Can, is that what we hierarchy? Yeah, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it is a hierarchy. So we'll say society, um, because six, or at least this version of six, feels some kind of remorse for what happened. She wishes that there had been a different way forward, but uh, PR Cylon obviously doesn't care. He's like, no, the the parents have to die in order to make room for the children, which is a bit extreme. Parents do die because we're not immortal. Because um, we're not robots. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that that is going to happen. The The younger generation is going to slowly not overtake the older generation, but the old people die. They they move away. And, They'll uh, pick up the torch. The, just the, the circle of life, if you will. Um, it just, it's that's a very, very bleak, barren um, <laughs> way of thinking about, you know, how yeah. existence happens. Okay, so we're we're back on the the prison ship, and uh, we we find that there's some sort of prison code eight nine three eight nine three because you know all we could come up with were three numbers that sounded good, so we just thought we'd repeat them. 
<laughs> I just thought it was dumb. Give, give us some more randomness to the numbers. There shouldn't be a pattern like that. So the, the, the whole idea, just want to say, the whole idea of sending a prison ship out there, whether it's was meant to be a prison ship or not, it doesn't matter. The whole idea of sending this guy with all these people on board and for him to have no way of knowing who they are or what crimes they've committed is ridiculous. That was a horrible, horrible idea by the government of... It does seem a little odd that they couldn't, you know, send along some data packet that says, here's what each of them did, just right. so you're aware. Yes, exactly. You know, don't don't stick your fingers into this guy's cage. He's liable to bite them off. Yeah, don't don't let Shaquille O'Neal talk to Zarek because he'll join Zarek's side. Wasn't it Shaquille O'Neal, the... The guard? The guard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, at one point, it's like, someone who looked exactly like him. At one point, there was an angle where I was like, "Wait, is that is that Shaq?" I was kidding about that. <laughs> and then they, they, like, he turned and faced the camera. And was like, "Oh, oh no, it wasn't." But just for a split second mm-hmm. there. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so we have a prison break, prison riot, um, and do we uh, ever get to find out what was going on on Sagittarius with the whole thing? I mean, there's there's kind of some hints about it. We will. Okay. We're not, this is not the last time we're going to see Tom Zarek. Okay, good. I, that was going to be a question I had later on was whether or not I, I wondered if he was just a but, one episode. But kind it's of enough character. to get the point across that he is—he's kind of a social terrorist. Yeah, I—I really, I really. The, so you mentioned how you didn't like the episode. I said I did like the episode, but I have issues with Zarek because I feel like the writers or more or someone really didn't know what they wanted Zarek to be. The character comes across very muddled. I don't understand his motivations. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has clear motivations. I don't think he has a clear goal. And and actually, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think he may be a Cylon. <laughs> um, no, you're supposed to just say the people you don't think are Cylons. <laughs> yeah, let, let's do that list now. <laughs> Who is not a Cylon? Okay. Let, let's start at the top. It is Commander, Commander Adama, Adama is not a Cylon. Not a Cylon. Uh, Lee Adama. Lee is not a Lee is not a Cylon. Starbuck is not a Cylon. Okay. Uh, Gaius Baltar is not a Cylon. President Roslyn. Roslyn is not is not a Cylon. And the teenage boy is not a Cylon. Billy. No. The one Teenage that Starbuck boy. picks up? Yeah. The oh, one that, that, Boomer, that, the one that Boomer, okay. Isn't that the same kid that Boomer brought off the planet and he's talking about how his parents died? Maybe, yeah. I think it it's might that be. same kid. Uh, he's not a Cylon. He's not also a major character. Oh, okay. I was say, yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact that he shows up, he's he, not really. He might show up again. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, who are some of the other characters, John? Okay, let's uh okay, let's let's do okay, we've we've gotten all the pilots, right? Okay, let's just go into the hangar. Boomer. Boomer's a sign. <laughs> okay. Hilo. Uh, um I'm on the fence. I'm not sure yet. Okay, you said Tyrrell was a Cylon, right? I think Tyrrell's a Cylon. What about uh Callie from this episode? Callie's not a Cylon. D, Duala. D is a Cylon. It is a Cylon. Ooh. Oh, Duala is. Okay. We Duala don't- and Billy are both Cylons. Billy, Billy is a Cylon. Okay, Billy's yes. a Cylon. Because, yeah, because only they're, Cylons like each other. They're together, right. Um, of course, forgot. Uh, we, we don't have this character introduced in this episode, but Doc Cottle. I have no idea. There's not enough information there. 
Okay. He's a smoker. He is a smoker. That's yeah, true. Just, just showing that. Uh, what about the, the, the guy who gets his ear bit off? Not a Cylon. <laughs> okay. Mason? Is that his name? You, you so. mean the one that gets shot and is dead at the end of the episode? What? You can shoot Cylons? What? <laughs> is there a law that says you can't shoot Cylons? How about uh, Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> Not a Cylon. <laughs> Larry Bird? No, is there a Larry man. Bird in this episode? <laughs> Oh, that's funny no, stuff. I just, just that thought of really um, any other. Characters? Oh wait, uh, Gata. Gata, not a Cylon. Not a Cylon. Gata. Um, is that is that everybody? Number how about six? Six. Six is a Cylon. Okay. Yeah, he's already said yes to to Tyrrell. Yeah, so, and, so and Ty. Here, here's my ones that I'm pretty com- pretty from pretty comfortable are number six, the arms dealer, the PR guy, Boomer, <laughs> Billy, Dwala, Tyrrell, Ty. And Tom Zarek. <laughs> okay. Ah, that's a good good group. How many is that? That's, that's 9 out of 12. <laughs> not sure. Apparently, I'm not going to get to find out who one of the 12 models is until the very last episode. Thank you, Pete, for at least giving me that much. <laughs> that's not true. Oh. Well, it's... And, well, and that's also not what I said. <laughs> what did you say? Till, till the end. Till the end. Okay. okay. So, not that not the last episode? No. So... There's the last episode, and then there's more? No. Or there's the end, and then there's still more episodes. The end of the series. It's like in Twin Peaks, where they still had, like, <laughs> 13 more episodes after they found out who who did, who did it. <laughs> okay, so we cut into Starbuck running the CAG, and she has a very different way yes. uh, of being able to, you know, take control of the guys. Very demeaning in my opinion, really? I would not want a CAG officer like that. Hmm. She seems way too undisciplined. Interesting. Brilliant pilot and someone I could look up to from that perspective, but not someone I would consider a leader at all. As as a follower, I would prefer to follow someone who led the way Starbuck is than the way someone who leads the way Leodama is. I consider him much more regimented and... Military. I consider him less of a human being and more of a stuffed shirt. Interesting. More of a Cylon? Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> no, no he, because, that, that would because, make him a Cylon. Because number six is clearly very human in her Cylonishness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's got emotions. She loves Gaius Baltar. She feels bad for humanity. She is very emotional. She's like Data. She's like the most emotional <laughs> robot ever, yes. right? <laughs> yes. Wait, did you say Gaius? Did you say what he was? He's human. Okay. But he has a chip? But he has a chip in his you head. You still think he has a chip? I still think he has a chip. And I think we have very clear evidence in this episode that there are two different two different things giving like presenting themselves to him. Okay. Uh, can we skip no, to I'm that? No, I'm sorry. Next episode. Oh, Next episode, okay. Let's, episode. I, I can't wait to hear. Sorry. Okay. Let's get back in here. Uh, Gaius and Adama have a meeting. And uh, Commander Adama is basically saying... Where's my Cylon oh, yeah. detector? That yeah, is this episode. Yeah. So it's this meeting. Uh, so it starts off in this, in this conversation. You start off with number six encouraging Gaius to come forward. And then when he actually does so, someone else breaks in and interrupts the signal and says, no, no, you can't do that. He's going to kill you. You must do this instead. And I think on the spot teaches him how to make a Cylon detector. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember it that way. I don't. Yeah, I don't. 
I mean, because it was still six both times. It was right? six both times. That's what I'm saying. I think there's a frequency you broadcast to, and he sees and hears six, no matter who's broadcasting in. But so okay. But sorry, re- I, I I didn't follow exactly what it I, was. What was she saying before? She, so she's saying, "Hey, Gaius, it's time to come clean." Adama's going to find you out. Now's your chance to, to come clean about all of this. And he starts to do so. And all of a sudden, she takes a complete 180 and starts screaming at him, you can't do this. He's going to kill you. He's going to find you out. You've got to stop. Here's what you say. I don't remember the encouragement to come clean. I yeah. don't. If it, I don't remember, I, I don't remember it either. Maybe I wasn't paying attention because both times I saw this episode, which was like one, two years ago and then last night while I was checking my email. Yeah, I um, watched it last night too. But... uh any the way I'm picturing how I would have interpreted it was that she was being sarcastic one of those times. Yeah, okay. that would that would fit more with the character of six. Yeah, head six. That, so, that's why I, I I read it as confirmation that there are two different individuals that are giving him information. I don't know here. why we just corrected him on this. <laughs> I really don't. That would have been much funner to have him continue down that road. It would have the the whole. I guess I have confirmation bias going on here. The, the, <laughs> I've never really, I don't know, if, I mean, this is like a, a spoiler from me that doesn't really count for very much, but um, like for me, when I watch the Gaius 6 stuff go go down, I've uh-huh. never, like, I, I could never lock it down, really. Okay. I always assume that one of the aspects of it is an element of randomness. That's me, though. That's me. Okay. So at any rate, he, you know, he has Head Six help him get out of trouble. It's the most amazing conversation in the world. I loved it. You, you told me brilliant? we were going to get more of this. I was yeah. seeing, like, answering like, two people at once. Yeah, and she's like, yeah. this is what you say. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what I need, what I need is a nuclear, what I need is a nuclear war. Warhead. <laughs> that was great. I loved that. He turns. He turns his head to the side. Yes. Like, yeah. Amazing. And, and, and my note is: What is Adama thinking? And he's like, "Oh no, we are so screwed. This guy's insane." Well, here's the thing: Adama barely looks at him. Yeah, he keeps true. his head down most of the time. But when, like, for example, when he shouts, you know, she scares him. And and Gaius drops his glass of water, precious, precious water, and spills it all over. Uh, I, I, at that point, I got to think Adama's like, man, this guy is unhinged. We are so screwed. <laughs> uh, and he talks him into getting him a warhead. And we find out they only have five nuclear warheads left. Yeah. But as he as as Gaius is talking, and she's like, okay, I'm going to leave you to do the rest for yourself. And he starts talking. And like he puts uh, the pieces together, the light comes on. I think he actually knows now how to make a legitimate Cylon detector. He's like, yeah, yeah, it is that simple. You put the nuclear warhead, you put the plutonium in a carbon nanotube, and it'll attract these particles, and bang, Cylon detector. Yes, this is how we do this. So I thought it was, it was very. That's why I'm like, okay, someone's giving him information. There's no way he's just crazy. There's no way he just came up with that. I don't. I just don't see it. I. I someone is feeding him information. <laughs> okay. Darn. Um, I was hoping you guys would confirm or deny again. <laughs> no. Yes. Wait, 
Yes, we did not do that. That's correct, John. <laughs> uh, we have a scene where Boomer is fraternizing with Tyrrell again. And Ty walks in. And I just wanted to make note of the fact that it's kind of frowned on. Not, you know, yeah. it, it's not an okay thing to do against the rules even. Yes. But they had kind of let things go because the the Battlestar was supposed to be decommissioned and everybody's going to get reassigned and reposted elsewhere. Um, and, and Starbuck and Zach is exactly, you know, it's a perfect example of why it should be illegal. Yeah, I, we're going to get to that in the next episode okay. because I have a huge problem yeah. with that. Um, okay, so... So we get confirmation that Billy is a Cylon. What? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, we whoops. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, I don't... I missed that in the episode I watched last night. In, John, did you yeah. pick that up? I didn't pick it up. I'm trying to remember. I just... I, I have a note here that says, we totally get confirmation that Billy's a Cylon, but I didn't say why. <laughs> it, it was somewhere in the conversation between him and, and Dwala... Something in there I triggered on. I'm like, oh, yep, yep, he is a Cylon. Billy's a Cylon. Okay. All right, that's okay. You don't have to state why. He's on the list. So they come up with this plan. Okay, we're going to send in this squad. We're going to put in a sniper. We're going to kill Tom Zarek. And the best sniper in the entire fleet is also the best pilot in the entire fleet. I'm okay with that. I she put all of her skill points in military skills. <laughs> they they are she just has no, she has no personality. Warning in this because hey wait, let's get Starbuck into this. I know we'll make her a really great sniper. I just I I find this I was okay with it too unrealistic. She's got a light delicate touch. All of her femininity is put into her fingertips when it comes to like <laughs> just precision, just uh, killing people. All right, so we now cut into Tom Zarek and Apollo having their philosophical debate. And, you know, what Tom tries to present as his really big idea, which isn't, in my opinion, is, hey, no one voted for Laura Roslin as president. Which, that's crap. (laughs) You know, the, the rules dictated how this was supposed to shake out. And so... That that's his one of his big beefs. Yeah, and again, this comes back to the fact that I just I get the sense that the writers at this point do not know yet who Tom Zarek is as a character because even in his dialogue, like within the same breath, he's going he back confuses, and forth. He, like he says, um, "What what is uh, Apollo says something like they won't negotiate with you," and he says, "I don't want to negotiate, but I finally have leverage to have a conversation." What? What is, what is leverage in a conversation other than a negotiation tactic? I mean, yeah. like the, the the character does not yet make any sense to us. In my mind, the only way he makes sense is he's putting out a load of BS just because he wants a scene and he wants to have his name involved in that scene. I see. That's what it really I, I, comes down I, to. I see. That's, that's what, what Adama he wants. accuses him of. Well, that's the way it ends up. Like he's he's quite happy to have this thing go down. In a ball of fire. I, well, I I can totally yeah. I I don't like the character so much, but uh, I I think Adama does not. Well, I'll say Lee. I think Lee does a good job. No, I'll say Apollo. Apollo does a good job <laughs> of uh, uh, of calling him out on his BS because 
I get the sense that he's like his character is a politician. It's not like he he has no ideals, hmm. but he values um using politics and uh you know playing the game better than than other people and and, and coming out on top that way. And and his strength, his his power is that he, does, he doesn't have those ideals to hold him back. He's a complete absence of that. Hmm. And that's why he's hard to peg down. Interesting. I don't know. I just I I, I I don't think you're wrong in saying that they don't have a firm feel for what okay. to to do with this guy. I the, I don't think they do either. Okay. Um. So <laughs> Callie ends up getting shot by the sicko who's been you know pacing around her and <laughs> apparently is going to go do terrible things to her. Uh. And she bites his ear. Um. You know pulls a Tyson. And uh, <laughs> is all bloody and whatnot. Weird thing for me is after the guy has his ear bitten, you know, half bitten off. Why doesn't he shoot her again and kill her? I thought because he still wants to rape her. I thought I thought what happened is that he is that she bit him first and then he shot her. Yes. Yeah, that would make more sense. It just seems weird that she's still alive to me. I don't know. I guess I would have expected her to die. You know, I, I, yeah, I, it makes some kind of sense to me because, like, he's, he's very specific about how he wants to dominate her. You look at me. You look at me. He, he wants to dominate her. He doesn't necessarily want her dead. Yeah. He wants to dominate. It's part of whatever psychological problem that he's got going on here. And even, even though if she's dead, he can't win. He has, yeah, he has a gun. He, he doesn't have to kill her. He has, he still has the power, so he doesn't right. have to kill her. He might be one of the hardened criminals. Yes. Mm. Billy still hasn't, you know, given his seal of approval one way or the other. Yet. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. He might just be a really crazy politician because he says over and over again, well, me and may, Tom it, go way back. It might, just, it might just be that, you know, prison made him a monster. This is what prison did to him. <laughs> That's right. We're crap. all the villains for sending him there. Uh, I, I don't buy that argument, by the way, in case it was unclear. <laughs> Apollo negotiates a deal with Tom Zarek. So we have this whole idea, like it, during the Zarek Apollo conversation, you know, Zarek points out, "Oh, you haven't, you know, picked a side yet either." the The whole deal is Apollo does pick a side, his own side, and he comes up with an idea that both Commander Adama and President Roslin both don't like, which is fine. We're gonna have reelections when the time is right to do it, and Madam President. You're filling out your, uh, you know, uh, the President Adar's uh, term. You're up for re-election if you want to in seven months. I'll be happy to vote for you. You know, I I got a different read from Rosalind here. I think it was more about shock that he took that initiative when she kind of thought she had him in her pocket than it is that she necessarily doesn't like what he did. I think she actually really fundamentally approves of what he did. But she was just really surprised when she's like, wait, you promised that I would do what? <laughs> yeah, he, he took initiative maybe where he shouldn't have. Well, and, and I, I, you know, I, for once in the series so far, I agree with Lee. I agree with Apollo. You know, I, the, the line that he gives, which I thought was brilliant, was if you're telling me we're throwing out the law, then I'm not a captain, you're not a commander, and you are not the president, and I don't owe you an explanation for anything. Great line. 
and, and delivered perfectly by the actor and the reactions on everyone's faces in the room delivered really, really well as, as actors. I thought that this was a, a very powerful, well-done scene. Now, are we to understand that President Roslin was just going to be president indefinitely? Well, or, I, I mean, think, is this I think the first time? The, I think that's the easy way out that, ever, that no one wanted to talk about. And, right. oh, look, she's just the one in charge. We're all in this terrible situation. Okay, let's fine. Let's just go with it. She mm-hmm. just hadn't stopped to think about it yet. That's why I said I think it's more shock. And, and when she, she gets a second to think through it, oh, yeah, no, that was the right thing to do. I approve. And especially because of the fact that she then admits to having cancer yes. to Apollo. Why would she tell him that? Does that make sense to anyone? Look, she doesn't want to make the same mistakes that Jed Bartlett did, <laughs> even though she's still making so it by not letting it know. <laughs> well, who wouldn't be? You know, the West Wing surely has gone forward. They've been remade several times. Um, yeah, anyway, she but she still wants the secrecy. She doesn't want it to get out. And I think we've already had that conversation. Yeah. I think it was in a West Wing podcast at some point. <laughs> so we don't need to rehash that. Yeah. Uh, that's where my notes end. So I don't know if you guys have anything uh, you want to bring The up. only other thing I had was the uh, the peace gesture from Starbuck. Her and Ty seemed to go back and forth between, hey, I'm going to offer you a peace gesture. I'm going to spit in your face and you know stomp all over your peace gesture. It's, it's just a really bizarre relationship between these two. Yeah, it, it's dysfunctional to say the least. Uh, listener Bob says, Hey guys, I would write in in full, but I have way too much work to be getting on with. Greatest TV villain has to be either the Borg or the beach that the guys on Baywatch were looking after. I mean, <laughs> how much can go wrong on one beach? How much can go right? <laughs> Why did he write in villains? I don't know. Just to screw with me. That's Probably. <laughs> Just a couple of things about this week's episodes. Um, it was really great seeing Richard Hatch back on Battlestar Galactica. He hasn't aged well, but it was cool seeing Apollo negotiate with Apollo. Um, the other episode was a bit meh. All the best, Bob, sent from a fruit-based device. Um, <laughs> hasn't he aged well? I thought he looked okay. Yeah, I thought he did too. Um, anyway, when I hear Brits the name... must have a higher... Standard of... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> when I hear the name Richard Hatch, though, I Lost. think of uh, Survivor. Is that is that actually the name of a guy in Survivor? I think it was like the very first guy that won Survivor. Yeah. That does sound sort He of was familiar. the guy who was constantly taking his clothes off and just walking around <laughs> nude. <laughs> That's one way to do it. I've he, never watched Survivor, but <laughs> now I never will. Thank see, you, Pete. He stole my idea. Because this, I think this would have been a good idea, like twenty years Just to ago. Go naked. Well, I because I the, before even Survivor was on the air, like that was my plan. If I ever got on the real world MTV, like. I'd just be like known as the naked guy, like be- before anybody else did. I'd just be like just always naked. Uh, okay, we've got another email here from uh, oh, from my friend John Madsen. Oh no way! He says uh, Bastille Day, introducing Tom Zarek. Yay! What a jerk. <laughs> Would you like to elaborate on that at all? You don't yeah. have to. You don't have to. I, I think he's a jerk. Okay, well said. Uh, he might oh, okay. be a jerk when the writers figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> the writers are jerks. Maybe that. <laughs> All right. Uh, listener Brainy Smurf says, I love when they get into rituals and religious elements from Cobol, 
culture, and this episode certainly poses more difficult questions that don't seem to have a right answer. And enter the old Apollo, the character of Zarek. Further represents Ron Moore's affinity to create sympathetic villains, a quality that he uh, said was both an exaltation to be free of the constrictions of Trek, as well as a result of his maturation as a writer. This episode represents one of sci-fi's strongest appeals, the ability to question assumptions in our society from a unique perspective. Sci-Fi 8, TV 7. I didn't find Zarek to be a particularly sympathetic villain. Okay. Well, you're not you? Ambassador Brainy Smurf. Did you? I'm just curious. I... No. Okay. I don't find any part of him redeeming. Okay. I guess the only thing redeeming is the fact that Apollo manages to come out and say, look, if we're going to you know, have a hierarchy, then we need to abide by the rules. So that's the only really good thing that happens because of it. Okay. Any other comments? Nope, that's it. Okay, Pete, you want to give us your science fiction rating? Uh, I'm going to give a six. Okay. John? Uh, I don't know, five? Yeah, I give it a five as well. I guess, wow. Uh, I should have given it a lower rating <laughs> since you liked it so much. Uh, for television, I'm only going to give this a six. Again, I, I, I liked some production stuff uh, that I thought was a decent job. You know, all of the space stuff is still, I think, pretty good. Um, and I did love those two lines um, that, you know, Commander Adama and uh, Lee Adama both used. I thought they were really good. So, six. John? Seven? Mostly uh, for when um, the, the, the prison doors open up and all the prisoners start streaming out. And... And uh, Apollo taking on like six or seven dudes before he goes down. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, I actually only gave this a four. Again, I just I had so much trouble with what the writers were doing with the character of Zarek. It was very distracting and made it incredibly difficult for me to to suspend disbelief and stay in the universe as I was watching the episode. Moving on to our next episode, Act of Contrition. After the accidental death of 13 pilots, Commander Adama discovers Starbucks' secret. Her dirty, dirty secret. Uh, okay, so we have a thousand landings for this pilot, Flat Top. Yep. And if you're this actor, you gotta be pretty pissed. <laughs> Dang it. They killed off most of humanity. Surely they're not going to kill off any more of us. <laughs> nope. He's gone. This is why I don't celebrate stuff. It never ends well. <laughs> um, a drone, uh, you know, basically goes off. You know, it, it falls over, and the act of falling to the deck triggers it to go off, shoots, and boom. By the way, as soon as uh, Tyrrell said, wait, this is Flat Top's thousandth landing, and nobody told me? Now we look like idiots. My wife turned to me and said, boy, they're going to kill this guy. And I said, what? Yeah, they're going to kill this flat top guy, whoever he is. <laughs> Your wife, well how, done, Dee Dee. Do she you called know that. It. She's like, well, can, didn't you get that? I'm like, no. <laughs> but sure enough, within five minutes, the character's dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of turned to look there like, okay. <laughs> you're, you're getting a little creepy there, hon. Um, and uh, then we flash back to Zach. 
I, that's what I have in here. I, I should mention, I don't have a ton of notes for this one. So I the, like the episode, but the, the I don't have The structure of this notes. episode, I, I really loved, and it, it drove my wife crazy. But what we have, the episode starts with Starbuck falling to her death in the atmosphere of a planet. Mm-hmm. And then she has a flashback of how, and it's kind of how did she end up in this situation. And in the flashback, she has a flashback. And in at one point in that flashback, she has a flashback. Inception. So, there's a point oh, nice. where you have Starbuck falling to her death has a flashback of herself having sex with Zach inside a flashback of her meeting Adama after Zach's death inside a flashback, the death of Flash, Flat Top. Wait, how could she have a flashback of meeting Adama after Zach's death if that flashback happens while she's having sex with Zach? No, it's not while she's having sex with Zach. It's she's having a flashback of having sex with Zach. But but the but within that flash, <laughs> okay, you know yeah, what? Forget it. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't have a flashback of a future event, is what I think is what John said. Right. Because you 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 did say while she's having sex with Zach, she has a flashback of meeting. No, uh, no, I'm Adama, sorry, I said it, I said it wrong. She has a flashback of having sex with Zach while meeting Adama. After his death. So she had sex okay. with Zach while she was meeting Adama. <laughs> yes. I, wow. Can I get that episode? Because that would be, that takes us in a whole different vibe, man. Um, anyway, we, we see a funeral. Yes. I like their funeral ceremony. Okay. I have a question. So we see that, uh, you know, we're once again, you know, we, we've got this picture, this portrait. Of Zach and it's octagonal. Why isn't the coffin octagonal as That's well? A good point. You know <laughs> what else? Shouldn't that noticed? have been carried through all the way? You know what else? I noticed two other things that are octagonal. I don't know why the coffin's not, but the uh, the maps, the huge maps that Adama carries around are octagonal, uh-huh. and the table that he puts them down on yeah. is octagonal. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess they probably didn't have the budget to say, "Hey, we need to." To create me- a new kind have of a new type of coffin <laughs> created. It'll be a one-off. No one will ever use it unless they're Battlestar Galactica <laughs> nut jobs. So well, you could you could have just built it just for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you wouldn't. Well, you wouldn't have a coffin uh, a coffin octagonal. I mean, because there's a body in it. Well, so. I'm just saying. You know, the corners of a square just cut them off a little bit. Well, no. I, what I'm saying is. I mean, that's where you draw the line at where something becomes octagonal. If <laughs> you put a body in something, inside of them? yeah, then <laughs> then you keep the corners. I mean, it's got to be squares. At I that mean, point. obviously, you got to have some respect for the body in there. <laughs> All right, good call, John. Mm. I appreciate you bringing you know a little bit of decorum to mm. this. Yes, thanks. Uh, my absurdity. There, there's a line in the funeral ceremony that I really enjoy, and so I don't want to. I don't want to overburden it with conversation. I just want to point it out. I, I, it's a it's a line that spoke to me very, very deeply. The burdens of this life are with us but a short time. I actually really enjoyed the scenes, the scene of the funerals happening. I liked the way that they interweaved mm-hmm. them. Yeah. I thought from a production standpoint, they, they really did a very good job on that. Uh, so I don't have anything else to say other than okay. they did a good job of, of weaving that. So... We have Starbuck and, and Commander Adama. He's asking her to start training pilots again. And I think at this point, this is her perfect chance to say, you know what? I've been hiding you from, <clears throat> hiding this from you for, for years. It's time to come clean. I'm sorry. And it was really, really painful watching her 
try to find a way out of the situation without letting him down, mm-hmm. without betraying him like this. Um, and knowing, yeah, within the course of this episode, at some point, this is clearly going to be coming out. Yes. Uh, so she's going to start training the new pilots. Um, and is this where we see the, the new pilots actually come in? No. I don't yeah. know. I, my next line after training new pilots is skating the line of nudity. Oh, her sex scene. Yes, yeah. with, with Zach. Yeah, so she's actually playing cards with uh, Gaius. Gaius again. Very interesting thing. I, we, my wife and I, we always watch movies with the closed captioning turned on. The closed captioning in here has Crashdown asking Gaeta. Is Crashdown a Cylon? I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think he is. Because he's too minor of a character. Mm. Is he? Yes. Um, I, that, I may revise that position over time. <laughs> right now, I don't think he is because right now he's too minor of a character. Anyway, he asks Gaeta, hey, how's that Cylon detector coming? And Gaeta's like, what Cylon detector? And throughout this entire conversation, every time they said the word Cylon, the closed captioning translated it as silent. How's that silent <laughs> detector coming? <laughs> I'm like, did, did they not know what they were, what show they were translating? Autocorrect. <laughs> it was very bizarre. <laughs> it's, it's a silent detector. Wait, yeah, to detect all the silent. <laughs> well, they they just used that uh, that audio program, Dragon, right? That, uh, <laughs> Dragon, naturally speaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that scene. This is once again reinforcing that they're not afraid to get <laughs> as dangerously close they're as on they table. want to. <laughs> uh, with, with this whole, uh, you know, let's get frisky scenes, and we're gonna have. I'm just gonna tell you now. We are going to have a lot more of them. Not overt sex Hopefully scenes. Hopefully few, fewer of them with Katie Sackhoff in them. Who's she? Cruel. Kara. Uh, oh, Starbuck. okay. She's Starbuck. Okay. Not an attractive woman, unfortunately. Well, not not with the man's haircut. <laughs> I, I'm not winning my vote anyway. Um, so we're back on Caprica. We see yep. that uh, they've found, you know, they've been following this military... <laughs> Call sign Hilo. <laughs> this military-coded signal that the Hilo has been following. John, thank you again for pointing that out. Carl G. Agathon. <laughs> Cylon-controlled Caprica. Call sign Hilo. Right. Uh, they could have switched to a new planet we might not have known. <laughs> you know, the, three times in this scene, Boomer says, We're right on top of it. We're right on top of it. And I thought, how many times is she going to say that before they go, wait, maybe we're right on top of it. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So here's my question. Is this is this a mousetrap? Is this a hoax? Is this a setup? Like, did some human actually build this shelter? Or did the Cylons just say, all right, we need to lead these two Cylons down to where we can reveal to them that they are sleeper <laughs> agents. And, and so we're going to give them this nice safe place where they can kind of work it out when we do tell them. Uh, good question. I don't know. All good questions. Here's what I want to know. Was it your family, Joey, that actually created that bunker? Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> I totally believe that that is something that, that will, will be done or has been done by 
your family. Then why did you ask us the question? Next time, well, because I don't know if my family's Cylons or not now, (laughs) thanks to this show. Uh, next time we're at my, my parents' house, Pete, the next time you visit me at my parents' house, remind me to show you the bunker. Okay. All right. Cool. So we are now introduced to, or at least I'm introducing us to Doc Cottle. Okay. Um, and he, I'll just say he is going to be, he's not a major character, but he is going to be a character, um, you know, that we see a lot. Um, he smokes. <laughs> yes. So, let, leaving aside the whole, okay, you're a doctor and you're, you're a smoker. A, a doctor, I get that. You know, doctors, you know, just, they know what's right. Doesn't mean they're actually going to follow it. He's smoking in front of his patient. No, he. D- this is this is the thing. Uh, uh, I I don't think he knows smoking is bad. For- Uh, that's lost information only the 13th colony had yeah no seriously like i always i I can't remember who i was talking to but i said the the interesting thing about battlestar galactica is they their society is exactly like ours they they wear neckties their fashion is the same um they have phones that are like ours they speak english everything's miraculously exactly the same except for three things uh which is Frack, uh-huh. <laughs> the corners on paper, and doctors smoke in front of patients. Uh, the, you know uh, what? This is reminding me of, and I, I know you're going to remember this. Hmm. Phil Hartman's sketch on Saturday Night Live with the uh, the lung demons or something like that. It's like oh. it, it's like this old 30s or 40s thing <laughs> where the you know the doctors uh, Phil Hartman's telling his patient. Look, you've got uh, the lung cancer, <laughs> and he's smoking. Like there is this room is filled with smoke, and they're like, "We just I, don't know where this is coming from. We believe it to be the lung monsters or some, you know, some ridiculous thing like that." And it's hilarious because yeah. you know it, it, it's smoking. Yeah, I you've talked about that before. I need to find that because um, um, I don't remember that. I, I just I, I don't think he's ignorant of the fact that smoking is bad for you. Mm-hmm. I just find it silly that. He's doing it in front of his patients. I, I find That's it even what more I find. silly. He's doing it in front of a patient while berating her for not <laughs> for getting a breast exam. <laughs> that was the part that made it just like beyond well, stupid. Maybe he's getting himself checked for lung cancer regularly, <laughs> so he'll know when he when the can, when the yeah, cancer so he can jump on it right away. I seriously think that that Ron Moore or whoever just saw this as op- as an opportunity to to kind of showcase something that I've always found absurd. And I don't, maybe they weren't like this, but you know, my understanding is like 70 years ago, smoking wasn't considered unhealthy in the slightest. 30 years ago. It's, yeah, I don't even know how long ago, but, but, but it's just like, it's just a normal thing. Like your, your piano teacher would just always be smoking. <laughs> it, it was a, it was a, it was a healthy way. They, if you ever saw the King's speech, like, uh, one one of the king's doctors, not the not the guy who helps him out, but one of them says, "You know, you should smoke. It's gonna clear. It's gonna open up your uh your lungs, your, your lungs and and it, it, it like gives lungs practice. Like these weird, absurd things. And for us, it's silly. I mean, all of us grew up with you know, like the, the the warnings on the side. Yeah, see and, Everett Coops. Yeah, I, and, I remember that stuff through elementary school. Smoking is bad for you. Don't do it. Yeah. And so, certainly that has an effect on us growing up. But I find it very strange that anybody would think breathing smoke could be anything 
but unhealthy. Yeah, but otherwise apparently people, that's the case. Otherwise, people would be running into fires all the time. <laughs> like, oh, this is going to help my lungs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's Doc Cottle. It's he's just Doctor Smoke. That's that's this universe. <laughs> uh, the reason I actually revised your statement to thirty years mm-hmm. is because growing up, my grandfather insisted. That the warning label on the side of cigarettes was a conspiracy by the oh, U.S. government man. to take away his happiness, his freedom to smoke. There, you, say, you mark my words. They will make smoking illegal, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. It is the greatest thing that ever happened. And he would go on this rant about it. Is he still alive? No. He died yeah. of lung cancer. Okay. <laughs> He's got a point, though. I mean, smoking is... Like just just you know uh, normal tobacco smoke is a lot more illegal than it used to be. I mean, yeah. I think we could admit that. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I'm saying. Is you know e- even as as recently as 30 years ago, there were a lot of people running around who still thought the whole they they honestly believed that cancer being caused by smoking was a hoax. It was a myth. Mm-hmm. It was la- la- a Ladies and gentlemen, and they were all associated with the Smith family. <laughs> I don't think they were all associated, <laughs> but there were certainly some of them. <laughs> okay, let, let's move on back over uh, to Doc. Uh, he, you know, he he's talking to uh, President Roslin and saying, hey, what do you want to, uh, you know, we'll have to get you on Diloxin. And she says, well, I'd like to explore some... I'm an herbalist. Other treatments. Do you have any Kamala extract? <laughs> um, is Kamala extract a thing nowadays? I don't know. I feel like that. that's like a real word. I, I think it's a variation on a real word. Okay. I, I'll say I've never heard my mom use that term, which makes me think it's probably not a real one. Okay. Because she is into every weird medical thing you could possibly <laughs> imagine. <laughs> Uh, remind me, I've got an MLM I think she needs to join. <laughs> Is it Melaleuca? <laughs> I don't know. Or Herbalife. She's already in both. So. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, he's like, oh boy, you're one of those. Yeah. Um, I think I'd probably you know, recommend prayer before I would recommend Kamala <laughs> extract. And then his comment as he's leaving, he's like, you might want to consider that prayer thing, by the way. <laughs> Kind of an interesting thing. They there is a very very serious study coming out of Duke University where they are saying it's a lot. I think that the science community sees it as along the lines of the placebo effect, where they're saying, "Look, prayer. When people know someone is praying for them and they are actively praying themselves, it seems to have a scientifically provable effect in making certain things better." Well, we saw this in West Wing. Like that was one of the things that uh, was talked about. Okay. You know, the the whole you know Josh was getting carried away. Right, he was yeah. willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater sort of thing when it was really, you know, he just wanted to do whatever he could to please the president to get whatever that thing passed. Okay. Yeah, I think we'd all agree from our religious perspectives that prayer is a real thing, and uh, we'd be in favor of it. Uh, Kamala extract. And now, thanks to Duke, we have scientific proof. <laughs> Kamala extract. Eh, maybe we're a little iffy on that. I, I don't think I'm the only one here who might say, you know what? Maybe let's just stick with what the doctor is saying and not what the you know natural herbalist is purporting is the the right belief. I, I'm always reminded of the Seinfeld episode. Um, as I think it was <laughs> with season Ned Ryerson. One. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, season Ned one. Yes. Well, he, what, what's he, his? I don't know his name. He wasn't playing oh, Ned oh, Ryerson. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I was like, wait. <laughs> Groundhog Day takes place in the Seinfeld universe. <laughs> Maybe you really had me going there, Dan. <laughs> um, you know, so George Costanza, he's got you know what some simple illness, right? Yeah. He goes to this, you know, medicinal medicine, holistic, holistic healer yeah. kind of thing. He's doing all these weird things, measuring out his head and doing this and that. Gives him this thing. He has this allergic reaction to it, and he ends up going off to the hospital. Has to have his tonsils taken out, uh, you know, all all sorts of things. It just reminds me of okay, those people are a little on the you know outs, you know, the outskirts of of yeah. reality. They may be right, but I'm still <laughs> not comfortable in any degree going with with something like that. I would rather go with a you know quote unquote. Proven medicinal science. So it's interesting. I've I've kind of I've always thought that if I if I get something major that you know I don't want to say I'm excited, but <laughs> I I I think it'd be fun to try that kind of far out stuff. I I think it'd be a a, a great little thing, even um, if it made it worse. Well, I I don't think I I think the worst thing that can happen with those that kind of stuff is like. Is it just not being effective? I think it's either effective or it's not. And if it makes it worse, then it's just, then, you know, all those hippies just have a hard time labeling and categorizing the good stuff that they have. And that's a different problem altogether. So I, I did want to share one experience along these lines. Like I said, I, I grew up in a community very much into this kind of thing. Uh, in, in high school, I had some friends who were sexually active together and, the girl had missed her period, and so she asked me to take her to the doctor to find out if she was pregnant. I said, sure. So we went, and we went to this guy's house, and she said, oh, will you come in with me? I'm scared, you know, and I was her friend. I said, yeah, sure, you know, I'll go in with you. And so we get in there, and the guy has her sit down, and he, he talks to her for a little while, and he says, okay, we're going to find out what's wrong with you. He says, I want you to hold your left arm out, and I'm going to push down on your left arm, and I'm not going to push hard. And when I say what's wrong with you, your left arm will just drop. So just hold your left arm out. And so, like, the guy starts, he's like, do you have a cold? And do you have the flu? And, you know, he's, and then he gets the, and he gets more and more symptoms. He's like, do you have cancer? And progressively worse diseases. And then finally he says, I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing because it's so, so beautiful the way he phrased it and how crazy it made him sound. <laughs> I believe the term that he used was, is your body a portal for a star child? Nice. Something oh, very awesome. much along yeah. those lines. And he pushes on her arm and it goes down. And so we go out and she goes back and tells her boyfriend, hey, I'm pregnant. We need to get married. So they both drop out of high school. They get married. 18 months later, have their first child. No miscarriage, nothing. Wow, that's incredibly that long is, gestation. It is. Yeah, so it is a real star child. I, was, yeah. I went to her and I asked her, I'm like, I'm like so what happened with this? Because she's still seeing the, this other doctor at, you know, 18 months later. I'm like, why are you still going to this guy? He was totally wrong about you being pregnant. Because he tells her, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we ask it that way because we're trying to get your body to tell us the truth. And, and that means your body is pregnant. That's what that phrase means. So I'm like, clearly the guy is a kook. Why are you still going to see him 
And, and you know, she, she's giving me this, she's talking to me about how, well, my arm, it, it felt so strong and rigid. And then when he pushed down on it, it was just right. And, and I guess that, 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 that star child just moved on to another family because <laughs> my portal was not yet prepared correctly. Uh. And I'm like, all right, we're done. I, I've never <laughs> spoken to that person since. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, there's just some really weird stuff out there. Guys, be careful. <laughs> it sounds, well, it's a, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Forget uh, it. <laughs> we'll move on quickly. Uh, okay. So now we're introduced to the new class of recruits hmm. or yeah. the class of recruits, I guess, you know. What do they keep calling them? I didn't. Nuggets. The nuggets. nuggets. <laughs> I don't get that one. I, it's okay. like maggots. Okay. It's just, you know, whatever they use in this particular <laughs> world, apparently, to demean their their new people. Um, so they decide, hey, we're going to throw you guys into this right away. <laughs> okay, worst idea ever. Yes. It, it is, I, I want to say it's hysterically stupid, but I wasn't laughing at all. It was just stupid to to think... Okay, yeah, they've had maybe some experience. They've been in a cockpit before, at but, least. But that doesn't mean that you should put them right away into a position where they have to do one of the toughest things, at least according to um, that uh, Nintendo game. What was it? Top uh, Gun? Top Gun. Yeah. Like, the hardest thing about that game was landing on the aircraft carrier. Refueling in midair was really tricky. Oh, yeah. I Well, I never got to play the game because I always crashed. <laughs> Always could never ever bother to get past. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I was playing Iron Tank, it was much easier. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just you need to give them plenty of practice and experience to to get over this stuff, especially with something so incredibly complicated. But That's right, I mean, but I mean, Starbuck wanted them to fail, though, right? She wanted Good to just point. cut right to it. Good point. You know, there's a really interesting thing that happens here when she tries to get the the one girl to land, and they wave her off. Mm-hmm. Now, in a real plane, this makes perfect sense. When you say, "Okay, you got to punch it. You got to get that plane back up in the air, or you're in serious trouble when that when you run out of runway." But in the case of a Viper, doesn't she just <laughs> fly out the other side? And yeah. Just- Everything's okay. Yeah, she I, doesn't need to. She doesn't even need to punch need to, it. Really, yes. she's like, because Starbucks like, you gotta punch it. Quick, pull up, pull up. I'm like, no, just drop off the end. It'll be okay. Well, I, I guess maybe you know her descent was taking her down like that. You know, to get control, sometimes you have to add power to be able to, to well, no, steer it's yourself. They, but it's, it was when they were waving her off, and I thought they should just let her slide right out the end. And I I thought it was okay. really weird wording because I. I thought the same way Pete did. Like when she was yelling at her, she was giving like the instruction to punch it uh, was an instruction to land, like to su- land successfully. But the other voice on the radio was waving her off. Okay. And so, and so I don't think the wording was very good because I thought it should have been something like, like slow down or break or do something to land, which is what Starbuck was trying to get her to do to like. To get her to succeed, even though Starbuck didn't want her to succeed, and, and I think the I think the best question of all is: okay, clearly none of them can land a Viper. How did they all get back on board the Galactica? <laughs> <laughs> they just all ran out of fuel, and there was a big net that captured them all up. That's that's how. Yeah, they could have just kind of just just hit the all thruster that like gets them all. 
All going all, the same speed? Well, all, all going... It, it, it causes a complete stop in space. And then they just... <laughs> and then they just cr- climb out of the cockpit and get into a... What are those other ships called? A raptor. A raptor, yeah. Which I don't understand raptors. Raptors and viper- vipers? Yeah. I, I, raptor just seems like... It just... It's like kind of the family truckster kind of... <laughs> no, it's an E3. I mean, it's... It, it, the the principle that they use it for in the few episodes where we have seen combat, mm-hmm. it's used very much like the Navy uses their electronic warfare uh, planes. Okay. Where yeah, they, yeah, but... they fly way up above the theater of combat, and mm-hmm. they're just there. They're, they're relaying communications back and forth. They're scanning mm-hmm. their... Blo- jamming signals from other scanners. I mean, it's it's just an electronics warfare kind of oversight ship, which is it, it's it's very tightly modeled off of our current naval. Uh, okay, yeah, I I thought it was something like that, but I kind of thought, man, it'd kind of be lame to be in the in the Raptor. <laughs> um, Lee says, uh, or sorry, not Lee, um, but Starbuck ends up being overly harsh to him, kicks them all out. Lee confronts her about it, mm-hmm. then ends up going and talking to Commander Adama and saying, hey, I don't think you should be doing this. I think she's, you know, what what she's doing is she's actually, you know, responding to Zack. And Commander Adama says, oh, she told me all about that. And Lee is just, like, confused, like, wait, really? Yeah, we, we hashed all that stuff well, out together. And it'd be especially confusing for Lee because he's been <laughs> blaming his father for this all these years. And he's like, wait, why didn't you say anything to me? Why did you let me go on thinking all of this was your fault for all these years if you knew it was Kara? Anyway, so mm-hmm. Starbuck um, tells Adama, finally. Yeah. Like, uh, he calls her in. It's and one of those painful scenes in television it's 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 really awkward to watch gosh and and uh, i you know i said it before and i'm sure i'll have many opportunities to say it katie sackhoff is not an attractive woman but she nailed the acting in this scene in my opinion when she's trying to talk to adama about this and, and the emotion that's tearing through her and edward james almost also incredible job here i just i love this scene i i it may end up being one of my highlights for season one. Wow. Because it okay. was so beautifully done by both actors. Um, so uh, we learned in the last episode that it's really not okay for um, you know officers and apparently enlisted people to fraternize amongst each other. But apparently it's totally okay for instructors to date students. <laughs> <laughs> Worst thing ever in this series thus far is that idea. I don't know. When I was in high school, I think I, I was kind of down with that idea. <laughs> there were a couple you, you, pretty hot female teachers in our high school. You like that 60-year-old librarian, no, did you? No, there, there were at least... There was at least Moving one. on. Well, I don't want to get into your <laughs> high school experiences. Thank you. But anyway, there's there has to be rules against... Instructors getting involved with students for yeah. no, this right. specific yes. reason because they would get emotionally a- yep. attached. There cannot be an emotional attachment. You must be completely detached at, to do uh, um, a reasonable job. At the very minimum, she should have recused herself from being the one to test him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have one of the best lines. 
walk out of this cabin while you still can. Absolutely. And uh, that's powerful. That's tough. That's there is some awesome quiet rage simmering in that line. I mean, delivery. There is emotion flowing all over the place here because he clearly cares about her. She cared about Zach. They were gonna be getting married. And, and she now feels like he's kind of a father figure to her. Mm-hmm, yeah. He he treats her like a daughter. I mean, you're right. There's just it is a thick, soupy mess in there right now. <laughs> um okay. If only they we, were all Cylons. <laughs> oh wait, no, we just established that Cylons have emotions. <laughs> um okay, then we have the the quote, never leave your leader. Uh and yeah. so hot dog doesn't leave his leader. I, I I'm completely mystified how that training mission got so far away from Galactica. I I get that you want some distance when you're doing a training mission so you don't have the guy who doesn't know what he's doing crash into the side of Galactica and cause damage. But they're two minutes out at full burn. That seemed like a little far out for a training mission. I I think... Well, yeah, I I think some aspect of, like, tail in pursuit may take two minutes okay. and you're not sure which direction that's going to go okay chances are it'll be fine because i mean even if it just diverges a little bit but eh, i don't know yeah maybe you know maybe they were using that planet that they were nearby as you know part of the the training like a gravity well working with a gravity well oh yeah thing. or yeah, you know there, a, there were some you know what if they're hiding behind this planet and they come out and you know how do you use they're doing a stuff? gravity whip technique nice. using using um like very strong tensile fiber. <laughs> uh, hot Thank dog you. shouldn't have turned around. He he can only make this situation worse for her. But he helps, and she tells him, "You did a good job, hot dog. Go Head away. on back." <laughs> um, Starbuck takes on all the Cylons, and she beats them. Yep, uh, with the exception of the one that hot dog shot down. I, maybe he got two, um, and then she starts crash landing. Yeah, actually, so when she's sending Hot Dog back and she's she turns away when there's still one Cylon there. I don't know if you guys caught that. She like she disengages and starts heading back when there's still one Cylon behind her. And it's at that point that I thought, I honestly don't think Starbuck wants to come back alive. It will be too hard facing Adama again. There's too much pain going on right now. She's She is currently thinking about taking the easy way out and just letting the Cylon kill her. Hmm. All right. Any other thoughts? Um, someone needs to tell Ron Moore what the word contrition means. It does not mean I'm sorry I got caught. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay, uh, listener comments. Let's do uh, Brainy Smurf first. He says, uh, as Ron Moore indicates in the commentary, the tragedy in this episode was inspired by the real-life event of the USS Forstall in 1967. Ron Moore did spend a brief stint in the Navy, I think. Also amongst the writing staff, either Bradley Thompson or David Weddle actually used to be a fighter pilot so we will continue to see amazing details and texture added to the activities and lives of the viper pilots i also love that we get to see more religious rituals salt is frequently used among the cobol practitioners i I wonder why i didn't pick up on that sci-fi 8 tv 8 
Yeah, I can. I, you know, I have got. I have had the sense since the very beginning. I've had that sense that these people know know from the military. They know what they're talking about. They have done a very very good job. I mean, I'm not. I've never been in the military, but I get the sense that this this seems very much like what I think real military and not television mil- military might be like. Okay. Joey's final five. Oh yeah. Okay. Number one. If in command, what would you do about Zarek? Oh, I order him killed. Absolutely. <laughs> that guy should not be left alive. It is nothing but trouble. Okay. All right. Two. Who will Gina be? G-I-N-A. Gina. Gina. Not <laughs> Gina. Wow. <laughs> I am having so much trouble reading names. Who will Gina be? Yes. Who's Gina? Because remember, he talked about him. Uh, oh, Galactica in name only. Yes. Or name alone. Yeah. Who I don't know. I don't even think Gina I can be? answer this. Uh, I've seen she the will be. Um, Ooh, a Cylon maybe? She will be the mother brain of the Cylons. Oh, okay. Number three. The Cylons have been programmed to hate. Therefore, hmm. could you, Joey, program a Cylon to love? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't buy that the Cylons have been programmed to hate. Okay, um, but the answer to the question is, I could not. But that's because I don't understand the emotion. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, I wouldn't even know where to start trying to put emotion into a computer. It's okay. Who is your least favorite character so far? My least favorite character. Like, I, I, I mean, I think Baltar is the slimiest thing in the entire show, but he's so well done that I don't want to say he's my least favorite character. Um, I'm going to say the PR Cylon. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say him. Okay. I was going to say that guy. Now, we've kind of covered this a little bit, uh, but I guess I'm going to read it anyway. Number five, choose the Cylon or Cylons. A, Chief Tyrrell. B, Gaius. C, Billy. D, Colonel Ty. E, Crashdown. <laughs> F... <laughs> F, Starbuck, G, all of the above, H, none of the above, I, A, B, C, and F, J, only A and B, only C and F, K, A and D, L, C, D, and F, M, C, and F. Okay, can I see that? <laughs> I think we've already gone over it, so okay. there, there's no reason to. I, I, to at least A, C, and D. I know that much. <laughs> I guess I don't know, but uh, my I'm friend John, my friend John Madsen said, "Act of contrition, introducing hot dog with spoiler pre Bieber hair, also cat." I guess. Yeah, I didn't realize cat was a new person. What? Yeah, yeah. she's brand new. Yeah, this, I, this is where we get to know who's Cat. Cat was the girl. Oh, 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 the, the one, one who was told to, wave, was... to get waved. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, that's comments. Okay. 
John, science fiction rating. Uh, were there any Cylons in this one? Yes. Uh, <laughs> There's a space battle in this one with Cylons. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, I don't know, five. I'm going to go to seven. I think with the space battle and the whole training people how to f- pilot spaceships and except not training them really yeah well that too but then the whole thing of it being of there being a flashback inside of a flashback inside of a flashback inside of a flashback is very science fictiony <laughs> i still don't follow that one but whatever i'm gonna give it a seven as well uh i just i just wanted to mention before we move on from that that uh if my friend mike cassetta listens to this podcast Come on, Mike. You're going to have as much trouble with this episode as you did with the movie Cloud Atlas. It's very, very much like that. Why is it like Cloud Atlas? Because it's hard to tell where the where, what's the top level story that's being told. Where am I mm-hmm. starting? <laughs> and you go down, uh, you go up and down the levels of of flashbackiness throughout the course of the episode. And I know he's just he's going to get a headache. It, uh, that, is that, Mike not watching the episodes? I don't know if he is or not. Oh. I haven't talked to him since we started. Well, so he was – last time I talked to him, he was still on the pre-Battlestar Galactica podcast. Like he was he was listening to our podcast and watching through Firefly as we did them. Okay. So I don't know where he is in all of that. Now, the thing about the, the flashback stuff, I mean I didn't even – I don't think the flashback stuff is a super big deal. He'll get hung up on it. Okay. That's yeah. just, that's I think just, he was speaking yeah. directly to yes. him as yeah. a person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Television rating, John? Um, really quick, I have to mention, the other thing about Cowboy Bebop is... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. The, the music in Cowboy Bebop is, awesome. is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing music. And it's all done by one composer. <laughs> it goes over just like all sorts of jazz, does heavy metal... Does like some classic rock, does some like futuristic kind of stuff. Apparently some really weird Japanese lady did all the music. And all the uh all the titles are either names of dances or Rolling Stone songs. It's just kind of this weird little thing. Music is huge in Cowboy Bebop, and I should have mentioned it. So you, you just reminded me of that Simpsons episode where Homer's going keeps going on and on about the bag boy strike. <laughs> <laughs> Insur medical insurance for bag boys. What do you think? <laughs> Well, what did you give for the rating for TV? For, TV? for the bag boy rating? Uh, <laughs> uh, that episode of Simpsons was pretty good. It's really good. It really is a good one. I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give a seven to that episode of Simpsons. Um, for this episode, I'm actually... I have a feeling I'm going to be a minority. I'm going to give it a five because um, I respect it a lot more than I liked it. I think okay. in this point of Battlestar Galactica, you know, familial drama is just not something I want to watch at this point in in okay. in the lives of the colonists. So you know, so I respect it a lot more than that. I I admit it's a better show than that, but I just didn't want to see it. I I can understand that. I I'm torn because I don't like Starbuck. And this is yeah. a Starbucks episode. <laughs> yeah. But I can't ignore some of the really good production stuff, some of the really good acting stuff. Uh, I'm going to give this an 8. Wow. But I, I, I'm i with you. Um, I'm, I'm kind of torn in it because I really don't care for, you know, Starbucks. I actually, I'm also giving it an 8. I But I do like Starbucks. Uh, 
I'm a little bit irritated that we ended this week on a cliffhanger episode. Oh, did we? What a shame. What a shame. <laughs> I called you up last night to tell you how happy I was about that. I, I'm – let me say this. I'm disappointed because I did like Starbuck. But uh, it didn't last. Your opinion changed. <laughs> yes. Yes. I hate you. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of The Homes Army Presents Trek West 5. We hope that you've learned something, had some laughs, and we always invite your comments to our email at trekwest5 at thehomestarmy.com. Or you can tweet us at hashtag trekwest5, or call and leave us a voicemail at 801-788-4913. So, until next time, I am Joey. And I am Peter. And thanks for listening. Good to see you again. So good to see you again.